We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, it is episode 92, and it is officially the week for the game for the Ohio State University. We've got former Buckeye, former national championship game defensive MVP, Tyvis Powell is joining us here on the Garage Beers Podcast. Come on up the driveway, open up your favorite lawn chair, crack open a cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. And welcome on in everybody to episode number 92 of the Garage Beers podcast. Go find us online at the Garage Beers on all social media uh, places that you would find uh, podcasts like us. Also, whatever you're listening to us on, whether it's Apple or Spotify or iHeart or whatever you're listening to us on, Make sure you hit the subscribe button and do us a favor. Give us a little rating. Give us a little review. Tell us that you love us. And uh, we appreciate you forever for that. Uh, With you, as always, I am your host, Michael Keefe. Go find me online at Garage Beers Mike. And joining me this week, this holiday week, from the east side of Cleveland, go find him online at Garage Beers Chad. It's Chad Meyer. What's up, Chad? Hi. Hi. Mike, oh God, one of my favorite, one of my favorite holidays, uh, Thanksgiving, you know, you got the bird, you got the match, but oh, I got to, speaking of which, I got to draft my fantasy lineup. Uh, uh, yeah, but it's just, this, this is, I love eating, you know, I, I'm of, uh, I'm of a, uh, chubby nature. And so I'm a huge fan of food. So I'm excited to eat a whole lot today, but I'm ready to do a podcast as well. So let's go. Dude, I am just, I am. Thanksgiving, you know, the, the only thing I don't like about Thanksgiving, I don't, I don't, I'm not into all the people like, oh, we skip, we don't skip Thanksgiving. Nobody skips Thanksgiving. Everybody, what? everybody's excited for Thanksgiving. No, you know what I mean? Like Christmas music starts playing and people get their Christmas shit. Oh yeah. And people are like, oh, you're skipping Thanksgiving. No, I'm not. Thanksgiving is part of like the holiday season. So it all just right. goes together. Christmas music on Thanksgiving is fine. You want to know why? Because there's no there's no such thing as Thanksgiving music. 
There's no right. It's right. beginning to look a lot like Thanksgiving. Like that isn't a thing. Tur- Turkey day with boughs of stuffing. I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's my only thing is like, let's not let's not victimize uh, uh, Thanksgiving here. Thanksgiving is not the victim. Everybody loves Thanksgiving. The meal, yeah. the food, the friendship, the togetherness, football. the football, the parade. I don't know about you. Yeah. Are, do you watch the parade in the morning? Uh, a little bit. I mean, it's on in the background. It's so long. I don't like sit down and watch it. Oh, but like, you, you know, I have it on in the background. I grew up in a family that has watched the Macy's parade every year. My mom and I would watch it every year. We went to it. It's a good time. And yeah. now, now me and my kids. Yeah. Thanksgiving morning is all about staying in your pajamas, coming downstairs Making breakfast. We always, it's always a good breakfast. My wife is making breakfast tomorrow. I'm so, or, or well, Thanksgiving, we're recording this the day before, but whatever. Uh, uh, she's making breakfast. We're going to have just coffee and watch the parade on the couch. That's uh, Thanksgiving is just all day is just a wonderful day. So I'm just, I'm so excited for it, Chad. I'm so excited. Well, yeah. You get to eat all day. You get to eat all day. And that's, and you get to eat all day. And the key <laughs> is, the key is veteran move here. Veteran advice for Thanksgiving, eat breakfast. People do this thing where they're like, I'm not going to eat breakfast because I'm going to eat so much later, but then you're not going to be as hungry later because you didn't eat anything. I don't know what, I don't know what, I don't know what it is scientifically about that, but I don't know. Do you feel the same Chad? Like if you go all day and then you don't eat anything and then you sit down to eat dinner, don't you fill up way faster? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I've never been shy about eating in, in, in the first place. So yeah, I'm, I, breakfast has never been a problem for me in the morning, no matter what day it is. But yeah, I mean, why would you, you're just going to stuff yourself that much quicker. You're going to eat, you're going to eat right like, super fast, like way too fucking quick. No, no. Eat breakfast and then, you know, stuff your fat faces later. Let's go eat breakfast. Yeah. Rule number yeah. one of Thanksgiving eat breakfast because you know you're going to start drinking early in the day. You know you're going to start drinking early. And then it's going to come time to eat that Thanksgiving meal, which, you know, Thanksgiving meal usually pops off at like three o'clock in the afternoon. It's not like a late dinner thing. Get yourself ready with some breakfast and then eat your Thanksgiving. And yeah, pour yourself a coffee's in Bailey, coffee and Bailey's, and then you're good to go. That sounds so good. (laughs) That sounds so good. Yeah. Uh, Chad, so you brought this up. So let's kick it off with this because you, we, Joey and I did our fantasy draft. Now you're going to have to like, uh, uh, this is kind of unfair because I, I feel like you're just going to tell us your five things. Right. But it doesn't take into account that in the fantasy draft, you would lose some of these things. Right. So, right. So we may have to make adjustments as you go, but just tell us like what we did was we did our meat, two sides, a dessert and a drink. So when you were listening to that, what were you thinking, and what 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 what's your direction there? Well, well, in the interest, I mean, obviously, I'm, I mean, if if we were, if I was there for that draft, I would have, you know, said some of the things you guys said. You know, you got your turkey, your 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 mashed potatoes, your stuffing. Like obviously, I would have said those. But in, in the interest of being different, and you know, knowing that you know, knowing that I I don't have those options because those options are taken. Uh, well, first off, first off, you know, when I was listening to that, my, my drink, I immediately went to, I, like I just mentioned coffee and Bailey's. I have that every, every single morning on Thanksgiving. Go on. So coffee and Bailey's, I, I start drinking early, uh, you you know, 
for my meat, uh, I'm going to go uh, garlic and rosemary prime rib. Oh. I know that's more along the lines of a of a of a of a Christmas thing. Damn. But but uh, man, I'll tell you what. I, I smoked a garlic and rosemary prime rib. I think like two years ago for Thanksgiving, and uh, you know I, I've done it for the two years straight, man, and it is just freaking delicious, my man. Yeah, that sounds so good. Freaking delicious. Uh, so we're doing that uh, dessert. I'm gonna go. Uh, well, obviously, you know, you took pumpkin pie and and, and Joey took pumpkin roll. Uh, you know, mm. and I'm gonna think I'm gonna go. You know, it's something that my mother-in-law makes every year is peanut butter pie dude oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> peanut butter pie and she puts like a little like crisp of milk chocolate on top of it so it's like a peanut butter cup pie oh so yeah, yeah. Uh, uh incredible incredible and then my sides are gonna be a little bit off kilter uh because it's something that's not typical of thanksgiving but i've had it every thanksgiving for the last like eight ten years of my life Maple bacon Brussels sprouts. Oh yeah. So a little maple glazed Brussels oh, Brussels yeah. sprouts. The bacon. Uh and then I'm gonna go mashed, you know, mashed potatoes one thing, but I've had mashed sweet potatoes for the other thing. So sure. that's where I'm going with my fantasy Thanksgiving fantasy draft. Like I said, if if I was there for it, I would have taken the other things, like you said, like what sure. you guys said. Uh, but that's, that's in the interest of being different. That's what I'm going with, by the way, but in the interest, in the interest of not being different, uh, as far as Turkey, cause I'm sure you eat Turkey on Thanksgiving, uh, white or dark meat. Oh, dark meat. hundred percent. I'm with you. hundred percent. I've never, I've never had good white meat Turkey, but any Thanksgiving in my entire life, you have, you haven't eaten the right, you have not eaten the right Turkey. Uh, uh, pick a side, any side. Now don't not in the interest of being different, pick a side. Mashed potatoes. Love it. Okay. Mashed potatoes. I, I, I mean, stu- stu- stuffing is one B for me. Stuffing is one B. Uh, but, but mashed potatoes is my numero uno. So Joey took, if I can do this right, Joey took mashed potatoes and stuffing. And then he took Christmas ale as his drink, ham, and a pumpkin roll. I, on the other hand, took turkey, uh, <laughs> pumpkin pie. Uh, I took... Uh, uh, what was my other? Oh, I took uh, apple cider with bourbon heated up, uh, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then I took yeah. sweet potato, like the candied sweet potato, like the sweet potato casserole with the marshmallows on top. And one of my favorite things, the, the canned cranberry sauce. Uh, <laughs> I, the only regret that I had is that I had, I had, I should have <laughs> taken the pumpkin pie there and I should have went with the stuffing. In the second round, because yeah. stuffing is my all-time favorite. Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent, dude. Is there a Wait, difference now, between homemade, homemade or stovetop? Yes, all of the above. <laughs> um, is there a difference between dressing and stuffing? You know what? I have no idea, to be honest with you, because I've always just had stuffing. I have I know, zero some, idea. I some people call it dressing, and some people call it stuffing. I don't know. Yeah, I've, you know, I've had some friends say, you know, have you ever had dressing? I'm like, isn't that stuffing? They're like, no, it's it's a little different. I'll bring you some, but then they never fucking brought me it. So, like, I have no <laughs> idea what the difference between stuffing and dressing is. And listen, there were some honorable mentions out there. I love a good green bean casserole that usually goes around on Thanksgiving. Uh, a little cream corn you'll usually get on Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's got to be, uh, yeah. be a part of that. Uh, but I think we've done pretty well. And I like, Chad, I have to tell you, 
I don't know that your thing that you just did there would win. Like if we put it up for a vote, but I want to come over for that dinner. <laughs> like, yeah, I want to come on over. Amazing. Dude. Come on over. It's delicious. Okay. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. All right. That's yeah, the end of the deal. podcast. Uh, see you later. Bye. Um, all right. So yeah. Anyways, listen, with it being Thanksgiving week, uh, and I'm sure we'll do this again at the end, but uh, just, we want to wish everybody out there. Uh, I know this episode is getting released the Friday after Thanksgiving. Hope you guys all had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Hope you had, it was full of uh, family and friends and food and football uh, and all of the good things that go with Thanksgiving. It's uh, it's an awesome time of the year and really kicking off the holiday season. So hopefully you're in the holiday spirits. Uh, but for us, we're going to get into, before we get into an, an amazing episode with an amazing special guest, we're going to get into our garage beers of the week. And so, Chad, I'm going to send it over to you. What is your garage beer of the week this week? Oh, boy, buddy. I am starting my first Christmas ale. By the way, and, and that first Christmas ale is uh, Fathead's Holly Jolly. Mm. Oh, it's it's been a while since I've had a Fathead's on here. I know Rob last week for the listener episode had Fathead's Holly Jolly on, but that inspired me. I had to go get some because I love Fathead's. Fathead's. If if I had like if I had to say I had like go to beers, like you know as far as you know if I don't feel like something different, like if I have my usuals, it's either a Fathead's beer. Or a Sam Adams beer. So uh, so this week I went with Fathead's Holly Jolly Christmas Ale. Just delicious. Just delicious. I love it. Uh, this is like my sixth one now, so I'm kind of hammered. Uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just <laughs> so, <laughs> so here we are. All right. Here we are. Christmas uh, Holly Jolly's in and then uh, we're doing a podcast. And I'm with you. Uh, that that location that they built down in Middleburg Heights is it's also a blast to hang out down there. It's like a big beer garden indoors. Yeah. Uh, really, really great place. And the food's good. And yeah, Fatheads is, I feel like Fatheads is an often overlooked, often not talked about brewery uh, here in the Cleveland area, but Fatheads is awesome. So I'm with you. I like that. Yeah. Uh, before I even reveal mine, I saw this can. We were at Gale's Garden Center today uh, okay. over here in Westlake. And we, uh-huh. it's like a holiday tradition for us because D- Gail's always like flips their store and makes it a huge like holiday Christmas thing that we always go walk around just to hang out at Gail's. It's like, it's like a big thing for us. So we're in That's there cool. and, and they have a little beer section in there and I'm looking at the beer and I find, I see this can and I'm like, I have, I don't even know what the beer is, but I got to get it. And it turns out to be a <laughs> Christmas beer. I'm going to read the, uh, the, exa- or the, uh, the, the story. This beer has a story. Oh, can't wait. When Santa caught Krampus stealing his beloved rum balls, he offered Krampus a choice, either give them back or wrestle for them. Krampus, blinded by the allure of the delicious sweets, chose to face Santa in the ring. A poor choice, as not even a full minute into the fight, Santa knocked Krampus down and landed a devastating elbow drop. Krampus, writhing in pain... Conceded the match and handed over the rum balls, the elbow drop forever known as the Kringle Crusher and Santa's love for the confection are the inspiration for this year's Santa's private reserve. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you maybe, maybe the coolest can I have ever had and a delicious beer from Rogue Brewing. Ooh, from Rogue Brewing. I present to you Santa's private reserve 2021 the Kringle Crusher. 
Take a look what? at this can. Take a look Dude. at this can. Dude. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we're posting the Garage Beers of the Week. Make sure you get a view of that can. That is Santa dropping an elbow drop from the top row onto Krampus down there. On Krampus? What? Yo. That, that is one of the coolest cans I've ever seen, dude. It is the, I think it's the coolest can I've ever seen. And the yeah. beer, the beer, it's not, it, I wouldn't like rank it as like one of my top Christmas ales, but it is certainly up there uh, as far as, it's a good beer. So Rogue from Oregon, uh, this, this is just a winner dude, all the way around. Well, yeah, dude, the can design gives it like, a, like bumps the score a little bit. That's for sure. Well, and you know me, right? So what, what kind of beer is this? It's an ale with natural vanilla flavor aged on oak rum barrel chips. So it's a oh, barrel yeah, aged barrel aged Christmas <laughs> ale. Delicious. Rogue. Yeah. Uh, uh maybe like a maybe like a solid 7.8 out of 10 for the beer. Okay. All 10 right. out of 10 on the can. And the story. 10 out of 10 on the can and the story. So yeah. Those are our garage beers of the week. Uh, hopefully you're having a good Thanksgiving garage beer. Let us know what your garage beers of the week are. And again, send us suggestions. If you have anything you want us to try, tell us, we'll go get them. We had a great uh, suggestion earlier in the fall. Uh, somebody wanted us to do pumpkin and a cider kind of mixed together. And it was awesome. So we went and yeah. did it and it was great. So uh, to you, the listeners, we say cheers to you here on the podcast chat. I say cheers. And now it's time for us to get in really to episode 92 and to do that. We're going to kick it straight away. We have an awesome interview here with uh, a, a former Ohio State national champion. In fact, a, a defensive MVP from that national championship game when they defeated Oregon uh, and a guy that has made big play after big play after big play for the Buckeyes and uh, just a really, really good friend of ours for the second time on the show. Uh, Tyvis Powell joins us. So we're going to send it to that interview right now. All right, and now it's time for us to talk some football because it is it is the week of the game. We've all had our fill of our Thanksgiving meals. We are all ready. We are stuffed, and we are good to go for this weekend. And it's time to talk some Ohio State Buckeyes football as they get set to square off in one of the biggest games in the last, I don't even remember how long, against that team up north who's actually having a decent season. And so who better to talk about this game with than a man that made – one of the most iconic plays in the history of this most classic rivalry in college football when he in 2013 intercepted a two-point conversion that I almost said the name of the school. That team up north was going for to win the game. This man intercepted the two-point conversion to seal the win for Ohio State. It is none other than Tyvis Powell. Tyvis, welcome back to the Garage Beers podcast. Thank you for having me. You know, that was a, that was a great introduction. You know what? You should do this more often. You know, you, you know, when I go up to accept my awards, I'm going to say, I need him to come up here and introduce me first. You make me feel like I'm somebody special. Well, first dude, of all, dude, he got, he, he got to bed about 2 a.m. practicing that. You have no idea. The work it was doing. My wife was pissed. Uh, uh, first of all, uh, question number one that you just brought up. Um, how often are you accepting awards? <laughs> Not often these days. <laughs> I'm kind of behind me at this moment. <laughs> I just, so I, what's, like, your, 
at no point in my life have I ever been like, I need for all these awards I'm accepting, I need somebody <laughs> to come up and give me some introductions. But are you really you, you really considering it? Huh? <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'll come do it for you. That's fine. We gotta figure out how so to what get you been up to, man. So what you been up to, man? I saw you were up in Canada for a little bit with the BC Lions. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know that didn't really work out. Yeah, nah, <laughs> I, you know what though? I'm gonna I'm gonna send you some highlights from practice. If, once you see these highlights, you'll be like, Tyvis, you didn't make the team." I'm gonna be like, "Yeah, they cut me for some odd reason." But that's that's neither here nor there. It was a great experience. Um, obviously, I just wasn't good enough. That's uh, that's the way I look at things. You know, I don't point fingers. I pull the thumb. That's just the way I was taught. So obviously, sure. I, something that I could have done better. I uh, wish I I wish I would have known what I could have done better because I truly gave it my all. But I think the Lord works in mysterious ways because things happened here that I needed to be here for. You know, I do have a daughter. You know, she was she I missed her first birthday because I was up there and it was killing me that I missed oh, wow. her. But I've been here for everything since then. You know, we dealt with the death in the family that I needed to be here for. So it's just okay. there's just a lot of things. It's just a it was a weird situation where I always wonder like why didn't it work out? But I think the Lord needed me knew that I needed to be here with my family more than being in Canada. For sure, man. For sure. And that will like now, now, were you up there long enough to like get used to like the, the, the different sort of nuances and rules in Canada? Like, did you practice any rouges like, in <laughs> Canada? Listen, I, was, I was up there for the whole training camp. And um, OK, I, I definitely can tell you it is different than the American football for sure that they, you know, the field is wider and that is real. Like it, I <laughs> try to get sideline to sideline and safety there is different, but I tell you what, it's, uh, it, I enjoyed it. It wasn't, it wasn't so much different that it took away fun of the game, but I tell you what, it's a passing league. Uh, they yeah. really the running back is really no need there. They they're gonna come out and throw the ball. The thing that messed me up is it's only it's only three downs opposed to four downs, and uh, yeah. and, and the special teams thing is the weirdest thing. Like it's they was talking about like you could just punt the ball, like a receiver can just punt the ball, and it was it was to the point where I was like, listen, don't even put me on none of that because I'll mess this up. <laughs> right? Yeah, Mike. I don't know if you've heard of this, but yeah, it's like called a rouge, like. These oh, guys can like it on this podcast before punt the ball back and forth to each other like three or yeah, four I, different times, and if you get tackled in the end zone, it's one point. Like, I, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was like, yeah, don't even put me in that situation. I'm a butcher. I don't know nothing about that. I'm a, my job is to try to get the guy with the ball. That that's <laughs> yeah, right, right. All I got to stop him is on first and second down, which is weird. But <laughs> Tyvis makes a play on third down and just stays out on the field. Yeah, right. Coach is like. <laughs> Coach is like, get off, get off. We're done. We did it. We did it. I promise you. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's third. This is money down. This is what I need. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm on on punt team, coach. I'm on punt team. (laughs) Well, listen, uh, I think we've all gone through some of those experiences of just feeling like the universe kind of tells you that you need to be somewhere or something. I had an experience like that this last year, too. And uh, and sometimes you just got to listen. So sorry it didn't work out up there. But yeah. frankly, the other thing is, who who wants to be a defensive back when the receivers can get a head start like that anyways? Yeah. Like, you know what? It wasn't <laughs> as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like, the first couple of times, it was weird. But, like, I start feeling like you get the you get the tempo of them. Like, you can match. Like, all right, he ain't coming off the ball that hard, so he probably ain't running no deep ball. So, then you, you, you start feeling it. It's a feeling that you get at DB. And I, I, I 
started getting good at it. That's why I was, I really wanted to go in the season to see how I would do because I really thought that I was getting pretty good. Well, they, oh, just, they just don't know what they're doing up there in Canada. They don't know what hey, they're doing. I tell you what, <laughs> the, the, the scout that that uh, recruited me to come up there, he he literally called me after I got released and he basically apologized. He said, Tyrus, I don't know what we're doing. I don't know why they're making this decision because he had, but prior prior to me being released, he had sent me a text message saying basically he was like, yeah, I'm going back to go be with my family. You know, it was great seeing you. I'll see you for the first for the first home game and we'll chat. We'll talk about it, blah, blah, blah. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, I pretty much made it to him. I mean, I was starting safety the whole camp like I for the camp was two weeks. I was the starter for a week and a half. So it's like. All right, yeah, we, we pretty much solidified, but yeah, right. Came I mean, down to it. They said, Tyrus, we letting you go. And I'm like, all right, all right, man. I was like, I read an article. Somebody wrote an article up there that was like, yeah, former, article, former, former Buckeye Tyvis Powell impressing in camp. Like, yeah, I was like, oh. And then I was like looking for the stats and I was like, I don't, I don't know where they are. I'm going to see y'all some of these clips that I got that I recorded on my phone. Y'all going to be like, <laughs> Dude, I'd love to. I'd love to see him because I remember, like, like they broadcasted on Friday nights on ESPN or something. I'm like, oh, BC's coming up. I can't wait to watch Tyvis play. Yeah, because I know I thought you were a shoot, shooting, man. No, and listen, the, everybody in the DB room and on the defense was like, what? <laughs> it was like, wait, what? They came to my room personally. It was like, Tyvis, what? I don't. This is a mistake. I was like, I, hey, man, it is what it is. I think we I think we just need to start the get Tyvis on the um uh the Argonauts. I think that's a team up there. Get, I don't that might be the only team I know. Get Tyvis on the Argonauts so that he can play against BC and just wreck them next year. I, football, but I'm just not good enough, man. That's just what it is. I gotta I gotta get better. I've been back and I've been I've been drilling and working out, so I'm still in tip top shape. I just just need an opportunity. That's all. That USFL, I don't know if that USFL is starting up. Have you, have you heard of that? That's league? what I hear. That's what I hear. I might have to look into it. Okay. We'll just see. Get, we'll just see. Get the for Dwayne Johnson. He's going to well, start listen, the USFL. Yeah. Listen, speaking of Dwayne Johnson, since I've been back, you know, I've been doing his workouts. I do not recommend it for anybody because it's real. <laughs> like I, 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 I was trying to impress my wife for our anniversary was October 30th. And for the whole month of October, I said, I'm about to do the rocks workout. And I wanted to impress her. It was the worst mistake. I was so sore, <laughs> but I, I, I was committed. Like I had started it. So I had to finish. <laughs> Wait, so you've been getting up at 3 a.m., consuming like 5,000 calories a day? Oh, no, 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 that, that, that's ridiculous. No, I, I, I didn't take it that far. We're talking strictly in the weight room. I woke uh, up at 5.30 to go work out okay. at 6, and I did his workouts at 6 in the morning. That's what I did. I ain't doing the the whole diet <laughs> thing and all that. that that's 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 too much. Oh my god! Oh uh, my god, Tyvis! Oh my god! I was just about to start those workouts, but now I guess I won't. <laughs> now I guess I yes, won't I do won't. that. We can do it together. We we can we can die together. <laughs> deal, deal. I, I have a feeling oh, I man. would die way, way earlier than you. I have a feeling I would die significantly earlier. Well, in that I'm, process, then it'd just be weird. What I've been doing this since the beginning of October. Here is November, so I'm I'm good now. Like it don't it don't kill me as bad as it. It still hurt, but not to the magnitude to when I first did it. Right, right. All right. Still hanging out with Cardale. How's that going? 
Oh, uh, yeah, we, we do the uh, me and him do the weekend kickoff for Letterman Row every Thursday. So I, I see him every Thursday and we talk about okay. the game and all that jazz. Yeah, let's I was gonna say, let's well, oh, go ahead, Chad. I was gonna say, there's a reason why I brought that up oh, <laughs> because I was looking up some stuff, I was just, just uh-huh. browsing beforehand. <laughs> And I found this thing on YouTube where, like, Cleveland.com basically did, like, an MTV Cribs thing oh, <laughs> on yeah. YouTube. Oh, yeah. When we was in college. It was in college? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. in college. <laughs> now, I got to ask you. I didn't get a good look. I didn't get a good look. But was that a waterbed? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Okay. No, this ain't, listen, we, we ain't taking it back to the 90s now. We okay. <laughs> <laughs> a waterbed. Nah, we had a waterbed. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. Hey man, dude. I, uh-huh. hey, I thought it was cool. Hey, you get you get the lights up like on the mirror in the back. Oh, like, it, definitely, it, cool. it definitely would have been nice to set that mood. <laughs> you definitely go to sleep eager. Like if I gotta you get in bed. If you got a waterbed and Michael McDonald isn't singing on some kind of old stereo, Michael McDonald, Jesus Christ. that is that's a night right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you brought up what you're doing uh, with Letterman's Row with Cardale. Also, Tyvis, you've been in you've been in the broadcasting game here a little bit too this year. Uh, you've yeah. been working at 97.1 The Fan down there, yes. uh, talking some Buckeyes. So you know, talk about you've you've been having fun on this side of the mic, doing a little broadcasting, uh, uh, working with 97.1 The Fan down there. You know what I have been, it, and it's kind of weird. It was one of those things that you know after the the CFL didn't work out. It's like, I need to do something. Like, I can't just sit at the house all day. I got to do, find something. And it's like, well, you articulate pretty well. And 97 when the fan was was gracious enough to give me an opportunity to come out here and do the pregame. They was like, Tyvis, do you want to do these pregames on Saturdays? And I'm like, yeah, sure. But another opportunity happened was 97 one said, well, will you call high school football games on Fridays? Yes. And like, do like color commentary. And I'm like, I've never done that before. But the thing is, I like to watch, dissect the play and tell people about like, like when I watch the, any football game with anybody that's around me, I'd be like, well, yeah, this this is such and such did this. This is why this happened like this. And I, I break it down and explain it. So they like all my friends is like, you, pro- you already do that. So you might as well go ahead and try it. And I had a ball at it. Y'all. It was really fun. <laughs> so I oh, really learned that like I, I, I mean, I ain't said I'm really good at it. I'm still trying to learn and get better at it, but I'm really enjoying myself um, transitioning into this broadcasting thing. I'm not saying I'm done with football completely because if somebody called me right now, like I told y'all, I'm ready to go. You said I'm ready to go. But I am having fun transitioning into this broadcast. Yeah, Chad and I just wrapped up our, I don't know, it was my, I think it was my 10th or 11th season of doing high school football up here in Cleveland. Really? Uh, yeah, we just got we just got right. done. We we call high school football up here every every Friday night, every fall. Ooh, wait a minute, who's gonna win it all? Man, are you talking about Division One? Yes. Because I said, listen, I watched Upper Arlington play, and I said they is really good. Like, I said Upper Arlington, my I don't even know if they D one or D two, but whoever they, they one. I said they, that's a pretty good football team. So I, I believe know. I believe Upper Arlington play- has St. Ed's. This yeah, week. they're playing Eds. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Eds, so I called the St. Eds game last week, uh, the regional final, St. Eds and Medina. And Medina's quarterback is the number one quarterback in high school. He's going to Penn State. He's the number one in the nation. Why, why there, though? And they made him look 
not good. St. Ed's made it. I mean, they they dominated that game. Dominated. It's, it's gonna be good because I because I'm gonna tell you right now they got you know, over Arlington got this running back name. I think his name is Carson Greesock, Gleesock, something like that. Mm-hmm. He really, he really legit. Like, I don't know if he got any football offers or not, but he needs some. He is legit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And and it's different. It'll be similar styles because Medina is kind of like gimmicky. Like they don't, they don't line up a running back unless they're, unless it's a goal line or a short yardage situation. Yeah. It's very Canadian. Five wide, empty. They just let that quarterback go to work. So like like, traditional team. He threw for almost like almost 5,000 yards this season. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And like 50 touchdowns. That's the air raid offense right there. Why right. did yeah. oh, yeah. they though? Uh, because James, James Franklin flew in on a helicopter to one of his games this year. Yeah. And so. he said, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need to keep my job. <laughs> he just signed a 10 year extension. He good. I know. I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> speaking, right. Of, speaking of huge extensions, what about Michigan State? 10 years? Was it ninety five million? I can't believe they went forward with that after he just lost like he did last week. That right. uh, I, if I was him, I'd have signed it right on the spot. I said, "How much money? Yeah. <laughs> right? Give me a pen. Give me a pen. Right? <laughs> no, but but like from from an outside view, don't you think that was like a little preemptive? Like he's only been there like a year and a half. But that's the thing. That's the new trend in college football now. These schools is just coming and plucking coaches away. So it's like, let me lock my guy up. If we like him, we just gonna lock him up for a long time. That's the new yeah. thing to do. There's something nice about that, though, right? If you feel like if you're Michigan State and you feel like he has changed, he's changing the culture. I mean, he's, and the way things he's are done. done a great job up there. I mean, we. I'm not gonna take that away from him. He, he just I, they're not they're not by any means they're not ready to go against the Buckeyes yet. But, I mean, no. he definitely done a good job of uh, changing the culture. Because, I mean, with Dan Tony, I mean, it wasn't bad, but they w- definitely were in down years when Dan Tony yeah. left. So, I think he's done a great job of, you know, flipping that program around. So, let's get into the Buckeyes, Titus. Uh, and before we get into the game this week, which I know we're all excited to talk about, let's talk about that game last week. Because I feel like after the Penn State win, where they struggled uh, but still pulled out the win, after that Nebraska win that was ugly, that Nebraska <laughs> win was ugly. Uh, they had a great start to the game against Purdue, but then they, you know, did that thing where they just kind of got through the second half and Purdue made yeah. it look closer than it was. Yeah. This last game against Michigan State, that was a statement, right? Like that was all of a sudden, I think a lot of people that were starting to feel a little nervous. We had Jay Richardson on a couple weeks ago, and he was like, I am just not 100% sure that this Buckeyes team is going to make it through the rest of this year without a win, that game had to make a lot of people feel a lot better, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, coming into the game, I mean, I knew what it was. I knew – I mean, the Buckeyes have been playing really well. I mean, the reason the Nebraska game was was close is because I think Garrett Wilson was gone. And I think – But he makes you know, he, that big of an impact? I think he does. One guy makes that big of an impact? I think he does. Because, I mean, you got to think, that's the only game – Outside of Oregon, that the offense kind of struggled a little bit. And Jackson Smith and Jigma had to have a huge game for them <laughs> to do that. I mean, with Gary Wilson, it takes the load off of that. Like he don't he don't have to carry, he don't have to go out there and catch all these balls and go for 250 yards in a game or whatever the heck it was, 240 in a game. I mean, the ball can be evenly distributed. And I think he does, and Gary Wilson does a lot of stuff. I mean, he gets jet sweeps, takes them to the house, he 
deep ball, takes either intermediate routes. So I feel like each guy brings something to the table. You know, you got a deep ball threat with Chris Olave. You got Jackson Smith and Jigman in the slot. That's just crazy. And you got Gary Wilson who do it all, all of those things. So I think, yeah, he makes that big of a difference. And I think that's we seen it last week and we seen it in the Purdue game. I mean, they jumped off and the lead just went crazy. It's like they, they put the ball in <laughs> CJ's hands and it's just he was like, I'm going to just pick one. At whatever. Who, who wanted this round? Like <laughs> This series, I'm just going to look for one of y'all. We just going to keep alternating. And it just got ridiculous. What are your thoughts? I want, let's talk about CJ for a minute, Tyvis. What are your thoughts? I mean, from the guy that started his very first, uh, had his very first start in a, in a college football game this year to, to, to now, it, it seems like from those first three weeks to now, just a switch has just like flipped, but it was like a drastic flip of a switch. Yeah, I mean, he just, he seems to be just firing on all cylinders now. What were your thoughts on his development from how he started the year until now? I mean, it just shows that he's resilient. I mean, you coming into the first game, y'all, everybody got to think like this is his first game as a as a starter at Ohio State. Like the kid is like what twenty years old now. The last time he started a game was in high school. I mean, he sat behind Justin Fields and watched Justin, but he's he wasn't Justin. And I think that's what everybody's expectations was. They like you got this high powered offense, you got these receivers, you got this this offensive line. You know, you should just be good. It should just be easy for you to just go out there and do it. And until you get out there and take that first snap and you see those 105,000 fans standing there screaming for you, and it's it's different. Like, practice cannot simulate what the game is like. And you got – he's a young kid. Like, this kid is very – like, 20 years old, like I said. He's never – he hasn't played in a – well, I guess he has played in a college game, but he's never been a starter in a college game. And I think it was just – he. it took some time for him to get used to. I mean, he was inexperienced, and I think – as the seasons moved on, the good, the best thing that probably happened to this team was that they lost to Oregon. It's as crazy as that may sound, because it, it it let them know that you know you can lose. You're not just because you go to Ohio State. That don't mean that team is going to lay down for you. You know you got to come out here and put the work in and grind. And I think this team really buckled down, started focusing again. And now they playing with a chip on their shoulder because everybody wrote them off. Everybody was like, they lost to Oregon. They look terrible. They're going to lose two or three games this year. This is going to probably be Ohio State's worst season in years. And, I mean, they just was like, you know what? Block out the noise. Let's just keep working. And CJ, like I say, resilient, man, because everybody was yeah. bench him. Put Kyle McCord in. Quinn Ewers time. I mean, he hears all that. I know he's. These kids can't stay off of social media, so I know he got all the tweets. He's seen all <laughs> that. It, it is what it is. He definitely seen it. And just to see him grow right before our eyes, I mean, just he made some tremendous strides in a very little time. And that's why I feel like ultimately, I mean, Bryce, Bryce Young is a great quarterback and Kenny Pickett is a great quarterback, but I don't none of them really had to deal with what CJ had to deal with. Like as far as, you know, starting the season off that young and going through that adversity and still coming out and finding a way to fight back and be on top and be a top dog and have the performances that he's had lately, it's amazing. But And we, talk, we talked about, it, like, it wasn't the normal starting point for a college quarterback, right? At Ohio State, we're used to watching Ohio State Buckeyes teams start the year with a Mac school, Akron, whatever. Uh, Ball mm. State, whatever, and then maybe a, maybe like a Tulsa up front, like 
Uh, right. or, or like, I don't know, it was like Oregon State a couple years ago. But it, like, it, okay, Oregon State's fine, but it's still like, yeah. not a, you know, not. Right, it ain't nobody you, that you need to be clicking on all cylinders for. Right. <laughs> but when, yeah. you, when you start the year with a road game at Minnesota, who Minnesota came into this season, at least, as a team that everybody thought was going to have aspirations to be in the Big Ten or uh, Big Ten title game, especially before that running back went down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Oregon. Yeah, those are your first two games. Yeah, uh, he didn't. He didn't have that. That's that was always the thing for me. I, I I thought, man, this could be if you can get through these two games, look out. And obviously, Oregon bit him, but like, that's a crazy start compared to what we typically have seen in the past with maybe a little easier games to start. Hmm. I mean, yeah, they, they definitely. I mean, you got to think this Minnesota team was. In the, it was about to be win the Big Ten West. I mean, until they tripped over their own shoes. But then, I mean, after even losing their star running back, I mean, I thought their season was over when they showed some resiliency and kept fighting too until they tripped over their own feet. So, yeah, that was a good Minnesota team. Oregon just now losing they another game this past Saturday. So, that was a good team as well. Yeah. I mean, it was. Two really hard, tough games, and people don't, you know, give credit. Like until you've been in that stadium and played in that game for for a first time, you really won't you won't ever understand. Like it's right. it's a lot of pressure, sure. especially being taking that snap, being under center. That it's a lot of pressure with with the quarterbacks before you got the Justin Fields, the Dwayne Haskins, Braxton, JT, Cardio. You think all these great quarterbacks, and everybody's holding you to that expectation and that standard, and it's like. I'm not there. He wasn't there yet. Like you got to give him a second to get there, and they wanted it right now. And it was like, obviously, he just he's young. He ain't there yet. But now he's definitely there now. I tell you that. <laughs> but Titus, and you said it. You said you know he's not Justin Fields. Uh, now we're here. We are going into the what the tenth. What what week is this? I don't even know what week this. Well, is. it's twelfth week. Twelfth week. week. <laughs> I get lost between high school and pro and college. I don't, know. I don't even know what hey, game it is. The, ten, the ten, game is always the last game. Come I on, what week. game it's it is? Ten. I just didn't know which week it was. You got to think. It's ten weeks in high school, twelve weeks in college, seventeen in the pros. Hey, and and and, and that even changed. Idiot. All right, all right. Sad. You said. Uh, but you said he's not. He, you know, he's not Kyle coming in. He's 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 not Justin Fields. Uh, and then you look at his stats. And through 11 weeks, the guy's thrown for 3,500 yards, 36 touchdowns, and five interceptions. I mean, that's that's right up there with all those good quarterbacks that you've listed before. Especially this last game. I mean, we used to last year, we used to see Justin throw more touchdowns than incompletions. Well, I'll be dog. EJ oh. Show pulled that off last week. So he, he's definitely peaking at the right time. So they absolutely smoked Michigan State. The defense – finally looked as good as everybody kind of hoped it could look in that game against Michigan state. The defense was rock solid. They let nothing get by against a, not an outstanding Michigan state offense, but an offense with like the number one running back in the country. Uh, uh, And they never really let him get off. They look good. You smoke Michigan state. And so here you are, here we are everybody week 12 and it's the game. And the Buckeyes are traveling over to over to Ann Arbor, uh, and and separating the Buckeyes from the Big Ten title game are those Wolverines up north there. And man, it's I, I, how do you feel about it? like 
I'm one of those guys that like, I love when Michigan loses. I, I'm going to say the name because I just can't talk about them and not say it. So if you're a Buckeyes fan, and you're like, oh, don't say the name. I'm just, just stop it. Uh, All the uh, weeks you say the name, you pick this one. What do you want me to do? It's hard to not talk about them, the name when you're Listen, talking about the game. In my mind, it's so instilled in me that I haven't called them that in so long. <laughs> I I'll do my best. I'll, I'll do my best. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So the Buckeyes and the team up north. There you uh, go. I love when they lose, especially when they lose to a team they shouldn't, like when they have trouble with Rutgers or whatever. But at the same time, is this better? Is it better when they're actually good and then you get to this point of the year and it's not it's not the 11 and 0 or 10 and 1 Ohio State Buckeyes against the 5 and 5 or 5 and 6 that team up north? Is this better? Do you like this better? I definitely think it is better. I do enjoy watching them lose. I do. I, I do. But I, I think I think when they're pretty good, because I would never say they're never good, but when they're pretty decent, I think it is it's better for the rivalry, I should say. More people are gonna tune in, more people are gonna focus on this game. It means more. I think now. I mean, coming in all these other years, it didn't like it wasn't like they was going to the national championship or anything like that. Like they weren't going to the Big Ten championship. It didn't matter that much. But this year they got the Big Ten championship on the line and they got the college football playoffs on the line. I mean, so I think they're going to at least put up a fight harder than they typically would instead of just laying down. I think they're going to fight harder to try to win this game, which is going to ultimately make it a better football game and make Ohio State be a better team when they come out on top like we will. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. Uh, So let's go back to the intro for a minute because I do want to talk about that play. Mm. I do want to talk about how often do you just think about that play? How often do you, like when we get to this week and everybody's talking about the greatest rivalry, potentially in all of sports, certainly one of the greatest rivalries in all of sport, the best rivalry in college football. And you made one of the top ever game ceiling, crazy plays in, in that, in that rivalry. Like does this week just still kind of get your juices flowing for you? Absolutely. I mean, it will always listen. It's to the point where I want to put the pads on and run out there. My I, I, I really, I miss it. Like, I really want to play it. I don't. I didn't care less about any of the other eleven games of the season. Like, I can. I sit back and I watch them games in my seat. And I'm telling you, I'm like one of the most calmest persons watching the game. Something bad might happen. All, but I don't even fret. Like, I, I'm just like, I know they're gonna win the game, but. This team of North game, like I, it's I want to play. Like I, I want to try. Like let me borrow somebody's pants and jerseys and be them for this one game. Because I, you really don't understand how good it is until you can't do it anymore. Like you, I really miss playing in this game. The preparation that goes into it, and just especially going up there, I love it going up there because they, it's the hostile environment. All you got is your teammates, and you got to fight your butt off because you don't want to let them down. So for me. It was like I would literally run through a brick wall for y'all just to make sure we find a way to win this game. And the whole state of Ohio was in our hands. Like I can't let the state down. Like that's how I felt. And I can't I can't do it anymore. And I'm mad about it. I'm jealous. And starting at safety, Bivis Cow. Redshirt <laughs> freshman Bivis Cow. <laughs> With the glasses and the fake nose and the mustache. I tell what I'm, I'm under tell the helmet. Cole. 
Be like, Sean, let me just, you just go and sit this for now. Let me, let me grab, let me hold your pants and jerseys for this game. <laughs> John, I just, I can still see that game in 2013. And they, they've just, Michigan has just scored, right? And they're going to go for two to win the game with like 30 seconds left. And, and you guys have a one point lead. And I can just, I can still see the quarterback drop back. Short, quick drop back and just like it was petrifying as a fan because normally you see a guy just drop back three steps and fire it. And without any hesitation, you think, oh, Uh this play is open as designed. Right. Like he's not even hesitating. He just drops (laughs) back, throws the ball. And then all of a sudden, Tyvis is just standing there. He's just Tyvis Powell (laughs) is in front of the receiver in the end zone and just intercepts that play. Like, is that is. Is that how? Where does that rank for you in the list of all of the plays that you ever made playing football? Where does that rank? Of uh, all time that I've ever made, yeah, I would put it at probably number three. Wait, what? What are one and what are one and two? <laughs> one and two is some plays that are near. I tell you what, my my interception in the Penn State game in 2014 is like my one of my favorite plays I've ever made, and it had nothing to do with anything. But it was the <laughs> fact, it was the fact that they tried me like this. He, listen, Christian Hackett. This is so totally off topic, but Christian Hackenberg looked me in my eyes. Him and Chris Godwin must have been like this. He looked me in my eyes and threw the ball anyway. Oh, and I no. said, let me, let me hold this for you because let me show you something. Like, I, it wasn't even about, to me, it wasn't even about the game. He tried me as a man. That's how I felt. Like, you tried my manhood on You thought that I wasn't good enough to make this play? Are you kidding me? So that's probably like my number one play. And then after that, ah, I made this sweet one-hand grab in high school and this interception, man. It was uh, – I know. I, it, this, <laughs> hey, that's all right. I love it's it. Man, that's, that's, I mean, yeah. it, 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 it was – I had just came out. Like, people didn't even know who I was, but it was Cleveland.com reporter that came down to me. And he was like, he was watching this scrimmage that I was at. It wasn't even a real game. It was a scrimmage. How about that? So, <laughs> so he was looking at me. He had been following me and following my story and stuff. And he's just like, Tyvis, like, I don't understand how you're not a four-star, maybe even a five-star type athlete. He said, how are you only like a two-slash-three-star? He said, like, I watched you and you are a really good player. I was like, I'm like, wow. I don't. I don't do camps and I don't do none of that stuff. So like, I don't, I don't know how these people judge the people. I don't, I don't know. I'm not really known like that. So that's probably why. So he, anyways, he stays and he's watching the scrimmage and they, they end up throwing, I can't remember who he was playing. I think it was Holy Name. Maybe I don't remember who it was, but <laughs> they threw this ball and I literally like I was, I was at corner and like the guy, there was one of the receivers had fell down in front of me and like tripped me up. And like somehow, some way, I just like jumped and threw the hand up like this and picked it with one hand. It was sweet. Oh my goodness. It was, it was, it was, it was one of the sweetest catches I ever made in my life. So that's number two. Now, number three is this play that we're talking about right now. Now that play, <laughs> now that play was 
I have to give a shout. I always have to give a shout out to Coach Cones because Coach Cones was the one who kind of told me that this play was coming. We had uh, they had came out in the formation. They sent the uh, I can't remember his name. I think his name like D- Dilio, Dilino, whatever his name was. Ah, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> somebody, somebody. <laughs> they sent them in motion, and we called a timeout. And they was like, we got to the sideline. Coach Cones was like, Tyvis, this is the two point play we ran in practice. You've seen it. You know what to do. Only you can make this play. I'm like, ah, uh-huh. I remember what you're talking about. Gotcha. I remember this one. Gotcha. <laughs> so they come out, and this how this how this how you know they're not a good yeah. team. This, so this who cares you, this, goes in motion. Right here. This is right here. This is what I'm about to tell you. Let's me know that they were a terrible team. We come out of the timeout and they run the exact same play. We <laughs> <laughs> literally just watched you do the call a timeout on the game plan four. You literally didn't change it. You literally ran the exact same play. <laughs> That's bad ball right there. Like that, everybody knows you got to switch the play. But anyways, so they come out there. He comes in motion again, and the first receiver they come out in a bunch. First receiver goes across like up and up and across and. If in the zone that we were in, typically I would be responsible for it. But for this particular play, they said, Tyvis, don't worry about that. You drop that. CJ is going to take that and you got to make this play. You got to be ready to come jump this route. And sure enough, he turned, he ran in, turned around, or one yard in the end zone, he turned around, he was going to box Duran out and he was going to catch the ball and just fall down. And the only person that could make the play would be me. And sure enough, I said, this is exactly what it is. And I, I I broke on it, and I looked back, and I seen that ball coming. I said, this idiot. Let me hold this ball for you. And I catch it, and the rest is history. I quote, unquote, saved the season. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you saved the season. Devin Gardner threw his <laughs> most accurate pass of the season right to you. It was great. It's got to be what a feeling that has to be, though, because that happened at the big house. That happened in Ann Arbor. What Not a feeling a, to just hear nothing. Listen, the best part about it, when you go back and watch it, like this is the, the only reason I go back and watch it is because I've never seen so many people's hands over their mouth. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yes! <laughs> I no, got Ohio you. I got you. Mm. Another 365 days of dominance. That's, that's got to be such a factor now, right? Like, that has to be such a factor now. Like, since Jim Tressel took over, <laughs> what, it, Ohio State, I think, has lost two games to Michigan? I think it's either two or three. Um, I think, I think three. it's two. I think it's three. I, I well, okay. It may it's one of those. Yeah, it's one. Of, it's but, two or three. I, can't, since, I, I want to say three. Since Jim Tressel took over at like the turn of the century, yeah. <laughs> if they have won two or maybe three games, uh, that's got to be such a motivator in the locker room for Ohio State, doesn't it? Like it they got to talk about that. Like you're not going to be the team. That that's these guys exactly. Win against, I, think, right? I think that's what the motivation is now. Like, it's, we've been dominating for the what past eight years since what's the last time they won was 2011. So, <laughs> this will be 10 years. No, I'm not about to let them. No, not on me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not going to end the streak on my team. No, right. <laughs> absolutely not. That's exactly what I would be going in there saying. Like, listen, 
They might be able to do it 10, 20 years from now, but it won't be this year. Not with me on this team. Uh -uh. <laughs> so I definitely will be more focused, more locked in, and definitely ready to go on Saturday. I think that's where their minds is at. Well, it seems like, well, as serious as, as the Buckeyes take this game every single year in and year out, it seems like Harbaugh is finally, finally, since he's been there, <laughs> finally taking this game seriously. So, like, like, what are your impressions of this, uh, of this TTUN team, uh, Tyvis? And, and what do they do well? What do the Buckeyes got to look for? What's, what's your impressions of this, uh, of that team, that team up well, there? I think the reason that Jim is is taking it seriously is because I think his job is riding on this. I mean, you know, he'll <laughs> yeah. be, be 0-6 against the Buckeyes. I think, you know, that's he heading down the John Cooper route. Like, you know, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's the reason why he's finally trying to take this seriously. Um, I do think they run the ball really well and they have a they have a really good defense. I mean, they I mean it's been years that they've come in and had a really good defense. I think one of my years there, they was like top five in defense in the country. But I, it's just our our office is just too overwhelming for any defense. I, even Georgia, I think Georgia is the only per team that could kind of keep up with our offense. I think the only people that can stop our offense is our offense themselves. So with that being said, I, I just I don't see them really. The, the best thing they could do is try to run the ball and you know try to go with the clock management situation and try to keep our offense off the field. And hopefully try to hang on when they are on the field, but I, I just don't see it. Sorry, I was counting. Seventeen and two since Jim Tressel took over as the head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Seventeen and two. So between Jim Tressel and then the Luke Fickle year and Urban Meyer and now Ryan Day, seventeen and two. Hey, you know what the sad part is? We still got like seven more to go because we got to get the all-time league. I think we down. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. Well, yeah. I yeah. mean, there's still work to do. I think maybe what you were thinking of is that they've won three times this century because in the year 2000, <laughs> Michigan won. In the year 2000, Michigan won. But otherwise, otherwise, it has been Ohio State 17 and two in the last 19, 17 and three in the last 20, if you want to say that. So, yeah. I imagine, like, that would be such a mototivator for me. Like, I can't be the guy that gives up the point. No, I'm telling you. That, that lets this like, team you know win. How, do you know how good it feels? Listen, when people, when I, when you get to the next level, okay, and, and you start, you get to become teammates with players that's played at their school. First of all, I will say, it's some of the coolest people you'll ever meet in your life. Like, sure. they, they really are cool people. Like, I, I joke around about how bad they suck, but they really are. <laughs> We're gonna, cool. we're, Tigus, cool. we're gonna edit this out. We're gonna edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, people be like, like, because everybody knows about the the rivalry, so they go, like, do you feel some type of way about them? And I'll be like, what? They, what? Why would I do that? Like, they can't beat me. Like, I'm four and zero. Like, <laughs> what is there to talk about? <laughs> what is there literally to talk about? Ooh, that dude, he's been buying my lunch ever since we got into hey, the yeah, <laughs> Uh So, again, it's for the first time, and I, I can't even remember. I don't know what, what that team up north's records have been in this most recent history. Obviously, it's been a long time since 2006 when it was number one Ohio State, number two that team up north in one of the greatest football games that ever happened. 
Yes. Uh, but it's been a long time since since it's been these two teams with basically a shot. You don't want to overlook, and you know this as well as anybody. You know this as well as anybody because you made that interception in that Michigan game in, uh, what, 2013 to seal the game. But then was that Michigan State Big Ten title game that didn't go as well. And so you don't overlook the next game, but there is nobody on that side of the Big Ten that's <laughs> any issue. So this is this is these two teams for really what will, unless somebody just craps down their leg, be a shot at the playoff. No, like, for sure. So do you expect Michigan to come out with now that I, I think Chad's right? We have watched big puffy cargo pants, Harbaugh, uh, or, or khaki pants, Harbaugh, uh, downplay this game his whole career there. Oh, it's just another game. It's just another game. It's just another game. Has been his problem. For the first time, he's like not saying that anymore. So do you expect what are you yeah, what are you doing to beat Ohio State today or whatever that like those signs he's got hanging up around there? I I love the look on your face right now. You don't you don't seem concerned about this game at all. You don't seem concerned (laughs) at all about this game. Do you like Literally, are you concerned about it like a little bit? Because I, I just I don't see it. I don't. I guess if we get the same team that we just seen last, I. What are you gonna do? <laughs> you gotta have. You literally. You can't even tell me a, a NFL secondary that could really compete with these three wide receivers. What are you gonna do? Like, what? What? what, what tell me. And then, because the problem is this: this is what the team, this is what the the concerning thing is. You got CJ that's finally playing at a Heisman level, and I think that's the key to it all. If CJ wasn't playing like he's been playing, like if you can find a way to get into CJ's head somehow, that's the only way you can stop this. Because you got an offensive line as of the past two, three weeks that's really took pride in trying to run the football, and it's becoming successful. They're able to run the ball now. Big thing. Yeah. You got a freshman oh. named Travion Henderson, oh. who not only is great at running the ball, but can catch the ball out the backfield and make things happen. Then you got three receivers who got – I don't know how they're not even on the Belitnikoff list. That's that. So they already mad about that. That's that's another thing that they probably upset about. So they got so they still got a lot to prove to the world. What are you gonna do? <laughs> you, you, you gonna game, so you go game plan for the pass and then give up the run? You gonna try to stop the run? Now you gotta worry about this pass? Like you can't because it's not like you're gonna stop all three. Like there's no way. I think the so, I think the key, I think the key is go to the other side of the ball for a minute because no. I was I don't just about to bring that up. <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? You bring it up, Chad. You bring it up. <laughs> well, no, that, that's what I was gonna say. You know, this. As we talked about the transition CJ made this year, you know, you know, the defense as well went through a transition as well. You know, Tyus, you know young, young, uh, you know, inexperienced, especially in the back half of it, uh, just needed to grow. Uh, you know, they're continuing to grow throughout the season. You know, it, it, I don't know. We talked to uh, Mike, talked to Jay Richardson a couple of weeks ago. He seemed to think that he, he wasn't so confident in the defense that they wouldn't, you know, give up you know that they wouldn't give up points that they wouldn't you know make enough stops for this offense uh to that wouldn't cause this Buckeye team with another loss like so this this defense you know they they got some work to do don't you think I, oh, this Saturday I should say this Saturday not like 
continuing development. I'm saying do they have work to do. I mean, I don't. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that I think they're the best defense in the world. No, I'm not gonna say that. No, yeah. But do you know that they lead the they they either tied or lead the nation in sacks per game? Did you know that? I did not. No, yeah, I did not know they, that. They, yeah, they like the it number one. Feel like it. So I know. <laughs> I said the same thing. But yeah. they definitely are like they. If they not number one, they tied for first place with like most sacks in the season. That that's okay. for one. So the pass rush that wasn't wow. there at okay. the end of the season is there. That's one. Two. I mean, we got a lot of touchdowns in the back end. I mean, a lot of defensive touchdowns. I wish they go back to doing it. Was to a, it was to a point where I think they got to four weeks straight where they had some type of pick six going on. So that that's there. Uh, and lastly, I mean, they just – I just told you, the team up north likes to run the ball. They just, <laughs> they just held the best running back in college football to, what, six rushes, 26 yards? You were upset it about was, that too. I it saw was, it on Twitter. You were right, upset right. about that. I, they, they, <laughs> I saw it on Twitter. It, it was so bad. You understand that it was so bad. The man checked out of the game. He didn't even play. I don't even think he played. In the yeah, second half. I saw it, him on the sideline. I'm like, what? What's happening? So, so, okay. How would I be worried? Okay. <laughs> then you. I mean, it's not like the quarterback. This this K McNamara. It's not like he's. Freaking Chad Henning or something like that. Like this, he's a he's a game manager. He got 14 touchdowns, two interceptions on the year, which means he's not gonna risk it. He, he's just gonna try to. If it ain't there, he's just gonna probably take the sack. I mean, they're not. It's not like they're gonna say, "Hey, K, go out there and win us the game." That's not what they're asking him to do. Like, that's not his game. That's not what he's gonna do. <laughs> they literally gonna put the ball in the running back's hand and they're gonna tell him to make. I'll make them little dink and dunk throws, you know. If it ain't there, just throw it away type thing. So, I, I, I'm not worried. I, not at all. I, I don't see it. I don't. I, I apologize. I just don't see it. How dare you, Tyvus? How, how dare you? I don't see right. it. How dare you? I, this will be, I, I, I truly believe this will be Jim Harbaugh's last year at, at, at the team up north, unfortunately. I want, you know, unfortunately, I think for all of us. Uh, <laughs> I, I wonder what it looks like depending on where you live, right? Like maybe if you're from Columbus, or like we're, we're all Cleveland guys, right? We, I'm glad we got, I'm glad we brought up Bedford High School, your, uh, your, uh, your high school where you played football. Uh, I've called a couple games at Bedford High School. It's it's you. A, a sweet little <laughs> setup they got. Nobody say good stadium, ain't it? Ain't it nice? That press box is legit. That's like a pro yeah. press box. Yeah, uh, 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 yeah I, I, I'm glad we were able to get I, – I'm just wondering if, like, maybe because we're from Cleveland, we just have that, like, how are we going to F this up? And, like, <laughs> that because that's what our teams do up here? Like, how – oh, hey, we're, like – we're supposed to win this, so I feel like I feel like every time I watch the Buckeyes, it's just this out of buck uh, out of uh, body experience where I'm like, I'm normally watching my teams being like, please don't mess this up, please don't mess this up, and then the Buckeyes will come out and just like lay it on somebody and be like, wait, is they're this not going to mess this up? Is this how this like, well, goes? Is this how they're this not going to do? I mean, that's that's kind of what's expected. Like, it, it, listen. You being us being from Cleveland, it's, it is. It's like a it's a thriller every every time we play because you just never know. You never you have some. We'd have some good teams that just went out there and just laid eggs, and yeah. we can't. We don't have no explanation for what happened. It's <laughs> but it's like the most consistent thing. The most consistent team in Ohio is the Buckeyes. You turn that TV sure. on every Saturday, and it's like it's not about if they're going to win. It's about how much. 
they're gonna win by. Right. And we be right. upset. We upset if they lose win by three points. Well, we like we should have blew them out. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what that's, we get mad. Our arguments with the Buckeyes is not if they win or lose. It's about how much they win by. Think about that. Right. Right? Yeah. So when it comes to this, it's like I'm. I, listen. I understand the program. I've been there. Like I understand the how the severity of this game and how serious they the the players is going to treat this game. And I, I, this is this will be a lot of Buckeyes last time in this game. On top of yeah. that, when you plan, you're not playing for you. You playing for the state of Ohio. You playing for the respect of the game, and you playing for the guys that played before you. And I think. Without and, and another thing that that's really make this game juicy to me is the fact that they didn't play last year. So now they owe it to the guys that didn't get a chance to play last year because they they would have probably went out there and wiped the floor with them for sure. Oh sure, right. but they missed out on that. So they need to go out there and do it for the guys that couldn't do it last year. So which is another chip to put on your shoulder. Did- they not about to let them down. I just I don't. Did- I don't see it. I'm sorry, fellas. Did I you just... hear that? Did you hear that, current Buckeyes? Did you hear that? You are playing this game not just for yourself, but for former Buckeyes, which means you mess this up and Tyvis Powell is coming to kick that ass. Yeah, it'll be. <laughs> I, I'm not even gonna go down. I'm not even gonna go down that road because it's not gonna happen. Like it's, it's not, I'm not even yeah. gonna speak that into existence because it's not gonna happen. It's, it's not. So, so let's move on. Okay, in summation. Tyvis says Ohio State's going to whoop that ass Saturday. All right, so <laughs> let's. Uh, I wanted to ask you. You know, you, you know, you brought up something interesting, and I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, you know, you said you know it's Ohio State, and we're just worried about how much they're going to win by. You know, if they win by three points, it's 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 oh, you know it's it's a big worry. It's an uproar. Oh, it's it's why is. <laughs> is it is that is that more of a product of the current like playoff system because? style points matter so much in college football? Like if like if that didn't matter in college football and Ohio State just won by three, do you think there would be such an uproar? Depending on the – yes and no. Uh, I think okay. the uproar comes when it's based on the team that they're going against. I think that's kind of what it's like. So if they win by three points against Alabama, is it an uproar? No. No. If they yeah. win by yeah. three points against Akron, it is a problem. <laughs> Yes. So I think it just matters about who the team is. Now, in the month of November, I think that's when the style points matter the most, because that's when the committee is that's when the committee is actually doing the rankings. I think it starts in November. So I think that's when you it matters how much you win by. But the way that the Buckeye schedule was set up this year, they they're going to play ranked teams. I think they started playing ranked teams since who did we play after Nebraska? Purdue? Purdue yeah. to the rest of the season, they, it'll be a ranked yeah. team. So at this point, it doesn't matter how much they win by; they just need to win. So we obviously know how you feel about this game. Let's step away for a minute and let's uh, let's see. Now that you've, you're on the broadcasting side, I'm sure you're paying attention to everything else going on as well. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about other things that have gone on. The, the the football rankings came out. Cincinnati is officially in the top four now. How do you feel? How do you feel about that? So, like, we, we've had – it's pretty consensus, I think. But, like, do the Cincinnati Bearcats belong in the top four? Yes. I think so. You know why? All right. So, I keep telling everybody, last year, Cincinnati was a pretty good team. And in the bowl game, 
the CFP put them against Georgia. Yes. I think the reason it was, it seemed it was probably overlooked by the world, but it, it wasn't to me. I think the reason that they did that is because they wanted to see if the Cincinnati team could compete with the, with the SEC or the big 10 or the ACC. Like this would, this would be our real test. Like if, if Georgia go out there and smoke them, who cares? It's not like this right. is the top four. Like who cares? That's right. what we, we, we should, uh, we, we, we guess that that's probably what's going to happen. Well, Cincinnati actually had the game won until a little time management situation happened with about five minutes left. And they kind of just tricked the game off. So with that being said, I think that they did a great job of competing with Georgia. I mean, I only lost by what a touchdown, maybe something yes. like that. Yeah, yeah. You, against mm-hmm. the big bad SEC. So it's like, yeah, they deserve. They definitely showed that they can hang in there with with these top teams. So I think I, I wish they would have won the game because if they would have won the game, they probably would be higher than four. Like they would, they it would, they'd have been in there all this year, and it, it wouldn't have been nothing to worry about. But I think the fact that they lost is kind of the, the dig that the uh, CFP puts on them, like. Okay, yeah, they if they would have won, yeah, we would put them higher. But they they have shown that they can hang with these these bigger conferences. So, yeah, so, I, I mean, oh, go ahead. Oh no, so I was gonna say, for like, how kick ass would it be if it was the Bearcats Bucks at the in the Natty Bucks in Indianapolis? Million. Bucks by I mean, million. I know I I no, know no it would be that. But, no disrespect to Coach Fit, Bucks by a million. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not saying it would be a great game at all. I'm just saying, how cool would it be? Oh, for the state of Ohio? To have, to have an all Ohio. Oh, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be fantastic. That'd be fantastic <laughs> if that happened. Bucks by a million. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Uh, and then the other side of that, I wanted to ask you, you know, uh, you know, so it looks like they're going to expand to 12 teams, whether it be next season or in 2025. What are your thoughts on that, Tyvon? Ah, it's one of those things that it, I don't think it really matters if they expand okay. it to, to that many. It's always going to be the argument that the last two is still going to be upset that they're not in there. So it, mm-hmm. it, it's like they're never going to get it right. <laughs> There's no no formula to get it right. Uh, we, we'll go. We'll we'll play like if it was the top six teams and the first two got buys, and it would be. And Oklahoma and freaking, I don't know, Baylor be on the outside like, what about us? We could we should be able to <laughs> So it's it's gonna be that no matter what the what it expands to. So it it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I, the thing that kills me, and this is this is what I always say. I'm I'm I am a proponent. Let's expand this thing out. The only thing that kills me is that there's always teams that are don't have a shot at the championship, and that but they're doing what they need to do, right? Like you can only play your you play your your out of conference and then you play your conference, and I hate that there's teams that win their conference that have no shot at anything. I also hate as much as as much as we say it, it like you're right. Cincinnati plays Ohio State, ninety eight percent chance it's Bucks it's a blowout. Bucks by ninety eight percent chance. But you know what? <laughs> you know what? And this is the thing we we talk about like college basketball. We see the upsets every year. Every yes. year, we're at the point now where I feel like every year we see a two fifteen upset. For sure, I feel like every year we see a team like Duke or and Kentucky that, or UNC. Basketball is different because all so, it takes in basketball, all it takes is one person to get hot. In football, listen, Randy Boss could be extreme on fire. 
But if that quarterback can't get him the ball, it don't matter. <laughs> I, I agree, and I understand that it's a different sport, but I also – we've seen crazy upsets in football. We've seen this team up north that we're about to play uh, get upset by Appalachian State before they were even, like, halfway decent Appalachian State. We've seen what Boise State did to Oklahoma. We've seen these upsets, and I hate that we never have a chance to see them in games that mean anything. So mm. that's, for me, even if it means, if you expand out to 12, and even if that means you're going to watch Alabama kick the living crap out of, uh, I don't know, whoever the 12th seed would be, Michigan State, fine, because I think it opens it up to like those oh-my-God games where one of those teams as a team, they have the best game of their season and they take down somebody. And like, that's what I'm looking for. I think that's great. They should have, if they play well enough to be there, they should have that chance. I don't disagree with that at all. I actually, I respect that. And I think you might be right, but I, I mean, it's, it's highly unlikely, but I mean, it's, it it can happen. I won't say it's not, it's impossible. It could definitely happen for sure. Hell, hell, New Mexico state was beating Alabama three, nothing near the end of the first quarter. You never know. (laughs) You're so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And if for some reason there was an earthquake, we canceled that game right there. Game over. All right, Thomas, before we let you get out of here, uh, you were you were tweeting a little bit about it last weekend. Uh, the Cleveland Browns mm. uh, had their game against the Detroit Lions. Yeah. It and it the, brought the toilet bowl. It brought nothing but controversy, as as a lot of people predict, predicted. A lot of people predicted this was a no-win situation for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and you're you follow along with the NFL and you follow along the Browns being a Cleveland guy. Uh, a lot of people predicted that Lions game was a no-win situation because if you beat the Lions, even if you beat them handily, you were supposed to. Mm. And if you lose, it's the worst loss you could imagine. And the Browns figured out a way to do something like in between where they <laughs> played like dog trash, like literal <laughs> trash. Listen. And they still got the win, but home oh, you're you're getting booed at home all of a sudden. Yeah. What the hell happened this season? What happened this season? You know, it was I think it all started with it's just injuries, man. It's been a it's been injuries in COVID. I mean, as far as the Odell thing goes, I mean, that's that's just you know what? That, you know what that is. That's the he, if he want to be mad at somebody, I wouldn't be mad at Baker. Now, now the Minnesota game is the only game I will say Baker was tripping. I don't know what he was doing. He literally couldn't get him the ball in the in the Minnesota game. I know. Now that was Bakes' fault. The rest of it, if he want to blame somebody, he need to blame Kevin Stefanski because he the ones coming up with these plays. Now they do say Odell runs his own routes and all this and all that, and that's what kind of messes up the timing. And I mean, if that's the case, I would not be able to get him the ball either because I'm not. We're never going to be on the same page. Like I don't know what you see. As far <laughs> as then, then, I mean, we this we a run first team. I mean, like we. We got two running backs that we paid. We broke the bank for us. So, I mean, we're going to make sure that they get the ball. And, you know, Kareem getting hurt and being out for extended time. Then we had Nick Chubb get COVID. And, and he was, he missed some games because of injury. So, it, injuries played a part in it. Bakes, not 100%. He's never going to be 100% this season. And I don't know if he's 
it's to the point where it's like, do you, I think they, it's like the Browns have to make a decision. Do we keep him in there and let him keep being this tough guy and tough it out? Like we, as, as fans, we understand that Baker, you're a tough guy. We get that. Yes, we know. We understand that, but it's like, you're hurting Thank the you. team. You're hurting the team because you, you can't make the passes and you can't plan off of it and blah blah blah. Like, and I and I get it because he's a he want to get his money. Like he he want to go out there and show that he could be the leader of his team and he wants to break the bank and get that big deal. But it's like you putting bad tape out there now, and it's like how are we going to justify paying you this money if you ain't producing for it? It's like as a fan base, they're gonna be like. Everybody gonna be like, why would y'all give him all that money? And his stats was this last year. Cause I always look, I always do the game of football like this as far as injuries go. If you say to yourself, I'm good enough to strap that helmet on, put them shoulder pads on, and go jog out on that field, ain't nobody hearing that injured stuff. Like that, right. you, that is you right. can't use that as no excuse. Because if you hurt, you shouldn't be playing. Like that flat out what it is. Right. If, you, if you healthy enough to go jog out there, ain't too many people really hearing that that I'm hurt stuff. So I think make needs to like give himself some rest. I think the Browns should just give him some rest. And I mean, Case Keenum is more qual- more than qualified to go out there and get it done for a couple of weeks. I mean, it ain't got to be a permanent thing. It's I mean, we just trying to get him some rest to heal up a little bit because we and we get to the playoffs, we definitely gonna need you. And if you two banged up to play in the playoffs because you've been trying to tough it out the whole season, it's gonna be a very shortened season. So I think that's just where the Browns are right now. But the funny right. thing, uh, go ahead, Chad. No, I was going to say, thank you for saying that because there's there's a difference between like in a city like Cleveland, obviously we appreciate the toughness, Absolutely. but there's a point, there's a point where between toughness, showing your toughness and being stubborn. And right now with him hurting the team, he's being stubborn, I think. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I get it because I mean, in his mind, maybe. Maybe he thinks the only person that can lead this team is me. Like I think we're we're at best when I'm out there. You know? But the problem is he is missing throws. He even admits that some of his his throwing mechanics is off because he can't plan off his foot and whatever it may be. And his shoulder is starting to play about. And if that's the case, if you realize that you recognize that, then you need to be like, all right, let me not be selfish. And let me just go and get some rest for a little bit because they're going to need me. And I think – I don't think that he's just mentally gotten that part yet. Like, if, if we plan on being in the playoffs and making a run at this Super Bowl thing, then a little rest now will help me out for later on rather than trying to toughen it out and getting sacked and risking my body getting hurt more and putting more damage on it and making it worse. Oh, Tyvis, Tyvis, you've been – You've excelled. You have excelled at the highest level of college football. You've played at the highest level of football. You are one of the few people that has played at a level at what at what you have played at. I mean, it, it, here's here's the thing. Everybody, talk, it's easy to talk about this, but here's my thing. In my opinion, it's so easy for us to sit back and say, "Oh, if he's that hurt, he should just." Sit. How much would it? Okay, so put yourself back on the football field for a minute, and you're the leader of your defense, right? Like you were at Ohio State. You are a leader on defense. What's it going to take to bring you off of the field? What's it going to take to make you say, I'm too hurt to play? And I want to hear the real answer because I think it's very easy to say, like, kind of what he's – kind of what Baker said. Baker's been like, listen, once I feel like I'm hurting the team, I'm not going to play. 
but what does that really mean? Like, what is it? Does your leg have to be off that, for you the, to not play? I mean, well, is that what it is? My my thing, my rule has always been: if it was a major, if it was an injury that caused me that I couldn't run full speed, I would not play because I couldn't. You you just can't. Now at Ohio State, it was a time actually. It was in 20, the year we went to the national championship. During that course of that season, I had broke my wrist and I had separated my shoulder. And it was to the point where it was like midweek. It was like a Wednesday or Thursday. And my coach came up to me and he said, Tyvis, like, if you too hurt to go out there and play, like, he said, you can sit out a game. Like, I'll let you rest the game. But if you can't, if you're going to hurt this team, then don't go out there. And I looked him dead in his eye, and I said, I'm good enough to play. I'm cool. Like, as long as I can run, I'm cool. I can make the play. <laughs> and I ended up playing the whole season. But it, it didn't affect my play in any way. Like, I was still able to do things. Like, I modified things. Like I wore a cast. I got a shot in my shoulder, and I wore a pad over my shoulder. So it was like things to modify. But <laughs> it, didn't affect my, it didn't affect me running to the ball or my ability to make plays. With Baker, it's actually affecting his ability to make throws. Like as a quarterback, you can't throw the ball and you selling passes and shorten the ball. I mean, it's sometimes that he's actually putting the ball on the money. So it's like – it, that's why I think that's why he's in that dilemma right there. Like I can make some throws some of the times, but I can't make them all the time. Like it's some that are getting away. And I think that's what's putting him in that bind. Like, am I really too hurt to play? No, because I'm actually it's some passes that I am putting on the money, but it is some passes that I'm not. So that's why I think he's at with it. Well, we're Tor it all is a beautiful thing, baby. Tor it all is a beautiful thing. <laughs> you ain't never lied. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't know. I just, I feel like, like I said, I feel like it's easy to sit here when you're like, well, I won't call, I won't lump you in with this, but a couple of schlubs like me and Chad and be like, if you're too hurt, you shouldn't play. But I feel like in reality, I feel like Baker comes, gets up, and I feel like he's got discomfort, but I feel like everybody at this point in the NFL has discomfort anyways. Yeah. And he's it's like, a, I'm a, going to play. It's a huge difference between pain and injury. That's what they right. You have to understand the difference between pain and injury. And I, it's been a bunch of days that I played with a ton of pain. I got yeah. a ton of pain. But I wasn't hurt enough to go out there and not be able to do my job. So I think, like I said, I don't know where he's at. Only person that knows where he at technically is him. So for all the doom and gloom it feels like, though, Browns are six and five. The know, leader, right? the leader of the AFC North, is seven and three. I know they have the same amount of wins as the Bengals, and they have more <laughs> wins than the Steelers. So everybody's like, "Oh, they're a last place team," but like not really because they're essentially tied with the Bengals and the Steelers, essentially. And the the leader of the division has one more win than you, and you're playing them this weekend. Like things could all change. This whole thing could change on a dime. Absolutely. This weekend, you go out there, you beat Baltimore, you go into a bye, you get Baltimore again. This whole thing could change on a dime in in just the next three weeks, basically. So, Tyvis, you've given us a lot of optimism, a lot of positivity when we were talking about Ohio State. Before we let you out of here, a little I feel is there some positivity to be had with the Browns? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, the thing about the Browns is that, and it's the thing, all right, because <laughs> I, I had this argument with my friends all the time. Because I look at it, like, me being on a level, I, I understand football totally different than the average Joe. Right. And 
people are upset. Like people be Baker ain't it. Baker, we need somebody other than Baker. And my 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 response to that is, well, one, it's not Baker. It's really not Baker's fault. Like it's, to me, when I watch some games, like sometimes. Like I say, sometimes it is, but most of the time it's really not his fault. Like it's some games, his receivers ain't catching the ball. Sometimes it's terrible play calling. And then it's sometimes he just made some terrible throws. I mean, it that's happened too. But at, at ultimately the Browns is a run first team. Nick Chubb is healthy. Kareem Hunt is designated to come off of IR. These is facts. So we're getting what we want back. Okay. Baker. He good enough to go out there and make some throws. The problem, the, the thing about this this offense is that they're not asking him to do too much. Like people want to see these deep ball throws to Odell. Why we can't hit Odell on these? But well, that's not the way this offense is designed. Like that's not we we literally run the ball and we play action and hit behind the hit the hit behind the linebackers. So I think with if the defense continue if, if Joe Woods continues to send blitzes <laughs> instead of sitting back in this cover three all the time, I think we'll be all right. I think he's starting to kind of figure it out. I mean, it's some games that he's called that's been outstanding games, and then it's been games where it's like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> so it depends on what we get from Joe Woods on the defensive play caller, but I think he's going to trend in the right direction. And I just, like I say, with the runner backs coming back, I, I think I think everything will be all right. As long as they they just got to block out the noise. And that's that's the hard part in this profession is so many people that got so many opinions, but you there with them, only the people on the team is there with each other every day. So you know the real, you know everything that's going on. And it's up to you guys to really figure this thing out. And I think the Browns, they did it last year, and I think they can do it again this year. So I'm very optimistic moving forward. Definitely think that they can sneak in and get that playoff spot. All right, let's go. That's what we need to hear. (laughs) After a couple weeks of negativity, that's what we need to hear. Tyvis Powell, man, we're going to let you out of here. That was awesome, as we expected. If you want to hear more of Tyvis, uh, Letterman Row. You can hear Tyvis on Letterman Row. Go look that up. Uh, you want to, if you're in Columbus or if you have, what is it, the uh, the Odyssey app now, I think does all the fans. Yeah, stuff. something like that. Or the <laughs> Odyssey app. I used to go on, the, go on the website and click it on yeah, the website. Listen here. But 97 won the fan. You can hear Tyvis on 97 won the fan out of Columbus. And if you want just some good, entertaining, in-depth look at thing, at looks at things, get over to Twitter. At one Tyvis is his Twitter handle. Go follow him. Tyvis Powell, man, a great friend to us, a good friend of the podcast, your second appearance here. Uh, and I can assure you that it will not be the last time we ask you, Tyvis. Thank you very much for jumping on with us. Thank you for allowing me to come on and talk some ball, man. It felt good to get some things off my chest. We <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talk about some Browns. I haven't done that in a while. I mean, it's, even though I argue with my friends, I the first time I actually was able to talk about it on a podcast and talk to the world about it in my views. So I appreciate y'all for allowing me to do that. Man, and then the 90s waterbed, we got that cleared up. <laughs> and then, and then, okay. Because the waterbed is coming back in style. <laughs> is it time <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we us three is gonna bring it back. Perfect, oh, perfect. Oh, Chad's perfect. had one forever. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I still have one today. Tyvis, real quick before you go, uh, quick uh, score prediction: Ohio State, Michigan. Sorry, I meant to ask this earlier. One hundred and one to seventeen. 
Hit Love it. that. Hit it with the couldn't go for, Hit it with the couldn't go Because you couldn't go for three. <laughs> 101 to 17, man. They they owed down from last year. And I mean, I feel like they averaging 50 nowadays. So 50, they've been averaging 50. They should have got 100 last week, but they called the dogs off. They have no reason to call the dogs off this game. And I think when it rains, it pours. So they, it's just CJ just gonna let it go. We got and we got two receivers that's thousand yards. So let it let the bullets fly. One to one seventeen final score. Go place your wagers uh, in Vegas uh, because there's a guarantee right there. Basically, that's what that's going to Tyvis, man, thank you again for jumping on with us. We'll catch you again down the line. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Go Bucks. And a huge thank you goes out to Tyvis Powell, man. What a good friend uh, of the podcast, a guy <laughs> yeah. that I love Tyvis because he's so genuine, Chad. We ask him to come. This is a guy like Tyvis Powell is a Buckeyes. I don't know that uh, he's like a Buckeyes legend. He has made tons of big plays for the Buckeyes. He's a champion. He was the MVP of the title game. Uh, we talked about the play he made against Michigan to seal that win in the rivalry game. Like the guy just made big play after big play after big play. And, and he's still a part of the organization or of, 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 of the program. He talks about the program. And what I love about Tyvis, we get done with him a little behind the scenes. We get done with him and he is more grateful to us for having him on than we are to him. I can't tell you how many times Tyvis Powell just thanked us for having him on our podcast. What, yeah, just what, yeah. what an ultimate nice dude. And he has zero reason to thank a couple of morons like us. Like, like, like we're, we're supposed to be grateful for him. And we are. And we we're are. absolutely oh grateful for gosh. him. And, and it was just, it's always a blast having him on, man. Just speaking his mind, just a happy-go-lucky, genuine guy. And it's just, it's always a pleasure to talk to Tyrus. Yeah, man. What a, what a good guy. Every time, we, you know, we've, that's the second time we've talked to him. And both times I leave the interview like, kind of a little jazzed up because a, he's really good at talking about what we're talking about and B he just is a pleasure and a joy to be around. So again, if you want to go follow Tyvis Powell, go look him up on Twitter at one Tyvis, just the number one. And then Tyvis uh, is his handle. And he obviously talks all kinds of Buckeyes. You can catch him on 97, one, the fan down there in Columbus, uh, but he'll also throw out his Brown stuff, throw out just anything going on in his life. Uh, an awesome yeah. dude. And uh, we look forward to, I'm sure having Tyvis on again in the future. So Chad, we kind of, uh, we're going to transition this for the last little bit of the podcast. We're going to transition this from Tyvis. Uh, and, and the last thing we were talking about with him, which was the Browns uh-huh. into the garage beers podcast Browns. Uh, and man, I, I don't know how to feel. I, I, I was, I was very fortunate. I got asked uh, by the guys over at the OBR. Uh, last weekend to kind of join them for the pre and post game. Right. And we've had several of these guys from the OBR on the show with us, Jake Burns. And so Jake was on with us and and he said in the pregame, he said, he said, boys, this isn't going to be good for the Browns, no matter what happens. Right. It's not going to be good for the Browns, no matter what happens. And then he threw some things out there that made it seem like the lions are going to be pretty tough for the Browns. And boy, Mm -hmm. were they, uh, yeah. The Cleveland Browns, after a, a great start to that game and a and a good early part of that game, literally could get nothing going the rest of the game. 
defensively they played well, but I don't I, I you want to be like it's the NFL, so a win is a win, right? We talked about college football, Chad, and you brought it up. Style points are so important in college football. They're not important at all in the NFL. You literally no. could win every game you play by one point, and it's not going to matter as long as you win the game. At the same time, for a team that came into the game with a lot of question marks, especially mm-hmm. after getting destroyed by the Patriots, I, I'm i not sure there was a lot done to answer those questions. No. No, there wasn't. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. You know, I tweeted this. I, I had it in my own thoughts. I, I Facebooked it. I MySpace did. I would have put it on out there where, wherever wherever I would able to he get it out there. it up nothing, on a typewriter. Pretty much. Like, yeah, there was, not, there was nothing that was going to excite me about this game short of a Browns loss. Like, no matter what the Browns did, whether uh, how they won, whether by one point or by 50 points, there was going to be nothing that excited me about this Browns win. And it's, and, and I hate to do that to like be that curmudgeon, but there was just, but when they won, like when they won, it was the Browns did what they were supposed to do. They beat a winless lions team. Sure. The Lions have been in a lot of competitive, tough games this year, but you know, the fact is they're winless. They're Oh, eight and one. The Browns were supposed to beat this Lions team. The Browns were supposed to beat this Lions team probably by, I don't know, two touchdowns because on paper, this Browns team is so much better than the Lions. But that just that just wasn't the case. I mean, you mentioned in the Tyvis interview, Mike, they they it was going to be terrible if the Browns lost, and it wasn't going to be much if the Browns won, but yet they found some somewhere in between that. And that's exactly what they did. I mean, you had a you had a guy starting a guy, just a guy named Tim Peter Boyle, is starting for the Lions, who it was making his first ever NFL start. Has only ever thrown four passes in the right. NFL. So the def- so the defense, yeah, they got two great two two picks for, off of Tim Boyle, and those were really nice plays by Malcolm Smith and Denzel Ward to get those two picks. But it was against a guy who's only thrown four passes in the NFL. So. It's like nothing I genuinely felt excited about because it was like, okay, that's what this defense is supposed to do against a guy who's only thrown four passes in the NFL. And then on the other side, you look on the other side, the offensive side of the ball, that opening, like the beginning of the game is scripted for the Browns, but when it goes off script, it just seems to go awry. And then the only reason that the Browns got a second touchdown drive was due to that Lions defense extending that drive three different times on three penalties. So it's just, there was nothing. I came away from that game, Mike, not feeling anything except for well, the, the, the offense. The offense was stagnant uh, again, just like, just like in the Patriots game. So there was, there was, there was just nothing I could take away from that game that made me feel better about the rest of the season going forward. So I'm going to, I'm going to change it a little bit because that's how I felt really at first and and until recently it's kind of how i felt was just yeah kind of nothing uh yeah it's it's good to get the win and and i think i think if it hadn't have been if it hadn't been for just getting laid out by the patriots the week before yeah. i feel like even if they had lost to the patriots by a field goal or a touchdown but it was a competitive game you probably don't feel quite as bad about beating the lions by sure. a close margin uh sure but I feel like because they got smoked, you wanted to see them really like, but I will say this, I'm going to say this. I'm going to try to spin a little positivity from this. I know, I know 
that we all wanted them to beat the Lions by a ton. I know we wanted them to show the winless team who's boss. I, I, and, I, and I don't really want to hear, well, look what the Lions did against these teams because it doesn't matter. I don't care who's quarterback or whatever. doesn't matter. But what I will say is this. You bounce back after far and away your worst game of the year. Far and away. Because mm-hmm. even the majority of your other losses, except for that, that Cardinals game, your other losses have been close losses. You bounced back from your worst game of the year and you got to win. And, 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 and so I, I am going to give a little credit for that because it's pretty easy, especially for a team that's in a bit of turmoil, right? A team that isn't performing up to expectations up front. And then a team that now you've lost one of your players that you thought was going to be a cornerstone for this team in Odell Beckham. And he marched his way out of town. And, and so there's, there's the Beckham turmoil, and then there's not playing the way you want to play. Now you're getting comments in the media from players and and uh, on offense and defense, and things just feel very tumultuous, right? And, yeah. And then you play your worst game of the season against the Patriots, and I don't care who's up on the docket next. I'm going to give them a little credit for coming out and and winning. And I do think sure. I think they need a little credit for winning. I, I I'm not. I understand why the fans were booing. I understand why people aren't exactly happy about the way the Browns played. But I do think that after what happened with them and the Patriots, they you can and and after all the the turmoil, teams can fold and 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 that's where you see a team give the Lions their first win of the year. And they didn't. And they won the game. Sure. Sure. And the bottom line is they won the game and they're 6 and 5 and they're right in the thick of it still. God, I don't know how, but they're still right in the thick of it. And yeah. and I think there needs to be a little bit of a an understanding that, yeah, like this could have gone way worse. So I do think I think it shows a little bit of a little bit of grit and determination that they came out and got that win. Listen, would I rather be six and five than oh and eleven or one and eleven or one and ten? Hell yes. Hell yes, I would rather be. But I, I think where people are kind of missing, the point is, is like this team, whether they liked it or not, like in the national spotlight and in a lot of people's spotlights, had Super Bowl aspirations. Yes, those are still alive as well because sure. nobody because nobody is running away with the AFC like it's like like someone is typically doing by week. I don't know what we're in now. Eleven. You know, nobody is running away with the AFC. There is there isn't a a clear cut best team in the AFC right now. But this, but uh, but let's be honest. This team is underperforming right now, even right. at six and five, which is which is so weird to say. But uh, yeah, and yeah, and yes, they deserve credit for the win. But like that's where this just this, that's where this team is so frustrating. Granted, granted, this is listen. This has been a weird year in the NFL. I mean, for fuck's yeah. sake, the Texans the Texans beat the Titans last week, uh, uh, this, this past week. So yeah, it's it's been a weird year. So I guess I guess anything can happen, but I, I, I yeah I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Is it fair to say that this team is underperforming at yes. six and five? Okay, perfect. Yeah, it's very fair to say. Okay. That. It's very fair. Everybody on that team would tell you they're underperforming. That's why they're mad. We got a couple topics I want to talk about, but, but Chad, I feel like I do want to turn the floor over to you for a minute uh, because I feel like you and I both have a couple things 
that we've talked about that have, are grinding our gears with the way we're talking about the Browns. One of the things that grinds my gears is this conversation of like, well, you could be 0 and 10 or 0 and 11. I'm like, that's not us anymore, though. So, like, uh, I don't want to talk about that. And you've made it very clear. And you weren't on with us last week when we had the most amazing episode with our callers. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Um, that was you awesome. You on with us, but I want to, le- I want to, I want to open this to you because you've talked about it a little bit on social media and stuff and in our text messages. The other thing that's happening, it, it's the Baker Mayfield talk, and it's time to talk about Baker Mayfield. And I, 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 the one thing that's grinding your gears is, do you remember what it was like before Baker Mayfield? Do you remember all the people that are trying to like really stick up for Baker? And I understand what they're saying because I think I've said it a couple times, but like. Remember the days of Charlie Fry and remember the days of of Brandon Whedon and Johnny Manziel and what we had to go through just to get Baker Mayfield. And I think a lot of people are using that as a crutch. And I think I've done it guilty as charged, but I am totally on your side with this, too. So, like, that's that's getting to you a little bit, isn't it? It it, it really is, Mike, because. Listen, I'm I'm not a Baker hater. I, you know, I've said before that I want I want so bad for Baker to be the guy. Right. I want so bad for Baker Mayfield to be the guy to take us to the Super Bowl. But the fact that you know he's underperforming right now, uh, and you know, kind of like Tyva said, kind of like Tyva said, you know, if you're if you feel good enough to strap on the foot the helmet and go out there and perform, nobody's gonna. The injuries don't matter. Whatever is ailing you doesn't matter. But the, but to your point, Mike, this this whole "Do you remember the last twenty years?" excuse that uh, uh, Baker supporters seem to be giving Baker is just such. It's so sad to me, and I blame those twenty years of sucking because it seems like people are so super content with 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 the mediocre showing that Baker is happening that 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 they're that they're just gonna ride with it that they're just gonna. Yeah, again, like I said, would I rather be six and five than 0 and 11 or 1 and 10? Yes, hell yes. But that doesn't mean I'm accepting mediocrity. Why? Because the goal is always to win the Super Bowl. When you had a team that comes in here into the season with Super Bowl aspirations and is underperforming like this, yeah, you you, you have a right to be critical uh, of them when they're underperforming. You have a right to boo them when they're playing like shit. And the fact that you know people are people are saying, "Oh, Baker's injured. Baker's injured," and he's showing his toughness. He's showing his toughness. There's a difference between being toughness and and stubborn. And right now, Baker is overly stubborn because he is hurting this offense, Mike. These last two weeks, he is hurting this offense. Okay, and he is very lucky to be one and one in these last two games because of how he is playing. You know, I. I I, I don't, and it's like people people are just clinging to the fact that he won one playoff game last year, and it's and it's it's mind boggling to me because they're super content with being it's it just it, to me to me it just seems like they're super content with being mediocre, and that's exactly what he's been this year. Okay, now now am I saying that he can't improve upon it? That he can't have a nice have a nice stretch of the last few games? No. No, not at all. But the fact is, he is he has been at best mediocre to average so far this year. But people want to make excuses for him and be content with the fact that we're just that that, that we're at six and five right now when the goal is always to win a Super Bowl. So that's just that's just my that's just my that's just my 
thing is I just I blame these last 20 years of sucking for the fact that the barometer of success in this town is six and five is, is, is average. Two things can be true, even though they seem totally opposite. These injury excuses for Baker Mayfield are legit and real and valid. And it's, sure. it was evident this week against the Lions. The guy could hardly walk. Yeah. The guy could hardly throw the ball. And he's right. And he said it. He said, listen, uh, I, he said it this week. He said, my throwing motion is completely predicated on my lower body. So it isn't even the labrum at this point, but he's got a foot injury. He's got a knee injury. He's injured all over the place. And that's valid. So the people that are trying to invalidate the injury excuses, those people are just assholes that are like, make no excuses. Excuses are no excuses are valid. Excuses are valid. And when you're trying to play quarterback in the NFL and your body is you are actually injured, that is a valid excuse for you not to play well. So that on one hand, that is true. On the other hand, though. Tyvis Powell is right. If you're going to strap him up, I don't care what injury you have. I don't care what injury you have. If you're going to strap it up, if you're going to put your helmet and your pads and your jersey on that, and you're going to run out there and you're going to play quarterback for your team or any position, then you forfeit a bit of the ability to come out and say, well, but I'm injured. Because if it's bad enough that the team is – not going to win because of those injuries, then you need to not be out there. The, the, the other thing though, that I will say, because that is hard, that's a hard dichotomy for people to kind of get around, right? The excuses are valid, but also, so it's okay to not play well because of injuries, because if you've got injuries, it's hard to play well. But at the same time, if you've got injuries, why are you playing? That's a hard thing to wrap your mind around. Um, I also, the thing that's driving me crazy, I, w- I want to be beyond all of this. Yeah. I want to be, I want to be beyond, I want to be beyond judging a player in Cleveland because he's tough. Yeah. Oh, he's just tough though. Look at his toughness. I don't give a shit about his toughness. And, <laughs> and this is no, I'm not here to slaughter Baker Mayfield. I, again, I am a supporter of Baker Mayfield. We love Baker Mayfield in this house. I am with you. I desperately want him to be the guy and I root for him to be the guy and I cheer for Baker Mayfield. But when, when we get to the end of a game like Detroit and I'm seeing everybody online being like, Oh, how could you, how could you be like mad at Baker Mayfield? Look at his toughness. I don't give a fuck about his toughness. I don't care about his toughness. No offense to you, Baker. No offense to Baker Mayfield. I don't care about your toughness. I want you right. to make the pass. Uh, that right. that one interception he threw over Jarvis Landry's head was one of the worst throws I've ever seen. Right. There was no reason for it. He wasn't. There right. was no pressure in his face. There was no. He's injured. And, I get that. He's injured. And Jarvis was wide open. And Jarvis, Jarvis was, was wide open. Wide open. <laughs> I don't care that you're tough and you're playing. If you're not playing well, I want you to get a little break, man. Like that's. Yeah. It isn't about being a fan of Baker or not being a fan of Baker. Bottom line, I am a fan of Baker. I like Baker Mayfield, but your toughness means nothing to me. I don't care how tough you are. I would rather have you sit out a couple games if it means you're going to play better. So miss me with the toughness talk. Who cares about 
this whole gets us Cleveland blue collar toughness guy thing that doesn't matter when you're not performing up to standards. Yeah. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you, yeah. Right. Yeah. If you're going to be tough and throw five touchdowns now, we, we can have a talk yeah. about your toughness. That's exciting. That's kind of fun. <laughs> right. But if you can hardly play the game and you're just like, but I'm tough. Nobody cares about your toughness. Nobody right. cares if you're not winning or, and, and you did win. I shouldn't say winning, but if, if you are a hindrance to winning, but you're tough, who cares? That's that, that right. conversation is driving me up a wall right now. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could, you could argue that the Browns won this game, this past game against the lions in spite of big, because of the, because of the way he played. Yeah. Yeah, that that that's just getting my goal. Is is just people want to? It's just I do. I, I I blame these last twenty years of sucking, Mike, for 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 the 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 barometer of success just being mediocrity. Like, hey, you know, like if we end up like if we end up eight and nine this year, like if we end up eight and nine this year, people are going to be like, well, at least we're not zero and fifteen or zero and seventeen or two and seventeen, and it's like. Oh my God! <laughs> like you, okay, yeah. Uh, like, do you do you want to be that way, or do you want to win Super Bowls? Take your pick. One thing, one thing that I will stand up for Baker on. I, I'm fine with his actions after the game. I'm oh fine yeah, with, I'm fine I'm, with that too. I'm fine with him walking off the field and not talking to anybody. I'm fine with yeah, him I'm told, not I'm, talking to the media. I'm I'm literally yeah. fine with everything Baker Mayfield did. I'm fine with even the comments he made afterwards. Right. Baker's Baker's mad at himself right now. You can tell by the way he talks. Baker didn't walk off right. the field for any other reason other than he's pissed off at himself because that game should have been 35 to 7 and instead it was right. close. Right. So Baker's pissed at himself and that's okay. And and so to 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 act like, "Oh, but he didn't talk to the media and he didn't stay out on the field." He's pissed. He should be pissed. Right. It's okay to be pissed. I'd be the same way. I'd be like, I don't, I'm not standing out here and doing this Jersey swap bullshit with this team that I should have just crushed by a hundred points, but instead I, I couldn't get my stuff together and I'm hurt and I feel like crap. And, and now the media is going to try to crush me for everything. And I don't really want to deal with that. Right. I like, I'm fine with Baker doing that. It's, it's fine. It's like all this, Oh, Baker's immature. No, forget that. Baker's pissed. He's not playing well. He knows he's not playing well, and he's pissed about it. And I'm fine with that. Right, right. Let Case let Case play this game against the Ravens. Then you have the bye week after that. You've got two weeks. Get healthy. Get as healthy as you can, and then come back with a refreshed mindset. Because that's another thing I talked about, Mike. I'm sure you saw my Twitter rant. Is Let's face it. Ever since that he got he got his world rocked and and got sacked six times against Chicago, Baker really hasn't been the same Baker at, at all. So I I really think he just kind of needs to reset the engines and then come back. I will say this: Baker is not going to sit out this game. I can almost guarantee it. Uh, which, which is which is mind-boggling. It is what it is. And, and listen, that's the other thing. And I think the guys on the OBR that I was with made a great point. Uh, this isn't as it's not as it's not as simple as we want to make it out to be fan-wise. This isn't just 
Kevin Stefanski saying, Baker, you're playing, or Baker Mayfield going to Kevin Stefanski and saying, I want to play. It's not as simple as that. The whole organization is involved in the decision of is Baker Mayfield going to play or not? The whole organization is involved in that. So, uh, uh, and, and that's probably from way higher than Kevin Stefanski, like way higher, like all the way to the top. And I, and I don't want to talk about like meddling owner or whatever, but I am going to guess uh, that that conversation is involving literally everybody. So, uh, uh, listen, with all this being said, Chad, and this is what we talked about with Tyvis a little bit. You're six and five. The Steelers are five, four, and one, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. The Bengals are six and four, and yep. the Ravens are seven and three, which means you have uh-huh. one less win than the Ravens. You have as many wins as the Bengals, and you have one more win than the Steelers. So even though you're technically in last place because of winning percentage, you have two games with the Ravens, one with the Bengals, and one with the Steelers left. This division uh-huh. is there for you, and I will tell you what, to, to, to kind of get off the, the pessimistic train, you are a win against the Ravens and a bye week away from having the best next two weeks of all time. Because you yeah. come out and beat the Ravens, they go to seven and four. You go to seven and five. Uh, going into your bye week, they still have to play, and then you get them coming out of that bye week. You have a three week opportunity here to to show what everybody thinks you should be. Yeah, you have mm-hmm. a three week opportunity here with a week of rest in between to come right. out and show. Excuse me. Holy hell. To show what you are, what you're supposed to be. This Browns team can come out and beat this Ravens team. No doubt. No doubt in my mind. This is winnable. Absolutely. So everything's there. This Ravens team, it's Lamar Jackson. And that's it. It's Lamar Jackson a pretty not great defense at this point because of a bunch of injuries. They've got one of the worst passing defenses in the NFL. The Baltimore Ravens have one of the worst passing defenses in the NFL. Hey Baker, if you're going to get right, get right. This is a team to do it against because they are not stopping anybody in the air. You've got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt back and it's Lamar Jackson. Figure it out. I hate people that say that you can figure Lamar Jackson out because the guy just makes plays sometimes. So Lamar's going to make some plays against you because he makes plays against everybody, but figure it out. They have no run game. Lamar Jackson is the run game. They have no running game. They have no, their offensive weapons. You've got Mark Andrews out there. That is a very good tight end. Otherwise not a ton of great offensive weapons out there. Go figure this shit out. This is a, this is not one of the better Ravens teams of the past, I don't know, five or six years. No, no, it's not. It's not. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I just don't know. I just don't know, Mike. I mean, with the way this NFL, with, with, with the way this NFL season has gone, and I know that's probably, I, I don't know the right word, weird to say. Again, I'm six holly jollies in. Uh, so I, I don't know if this is, uh, the right thing to say, but with how weird this NFL season has been, the Browns could come out and win this game 
you know, 41 to 17, uh, or they could lose this game 41 to 17. So it, it's just been a weird year. Uh, yeah, I mean, but if, if there is a, a game you're going to get right in, a Baker at least, Baker is going to get right in, this would be the game. I, again, I don't know how well that's going to do, uh, that's going to happen with, with, with the way he's been playing uh, since he's been injured. But if he's if he's if he's able to get right, if he can overcome the adversity that these injuries are causing him, because like you said, his throwing motion all is predicated on his lower body. If he's somehow able to overcome that, then yeah, I mean everything is right there in front of you. I mean, it can be, if you can somehow find a way, any way to beat this Ravens team, and and then you get the bye week, and you can get a little healthier. Yeah, yeah, well, you, you listen, should feel super confident. Listen, the funny thing about the Browns this year is, as outside of that Cardinals game, they've played well against good teams. They haven't beat a lot of good teams, but they played well in those games. They played well, not defensively. They didn't play well defensively against the Chargers, but the offense played great. The offense played great against the Chiefs. Like, that's the other thing. Uh, again, if you're going to go out and play, injuries be damned, you don't get to just use that as an excuse. But at the same time, when you're evaluating a season – Baker Mayfield was having one hell of a start to this season. And Baker Mayfield, until he got hurt, until he got hurt, Baker Mayfield was playing really, really well. So, like, again, uh, there's a chance to get right. And, 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 And we could all be talking very differently after these Ravens games. But you just have that patronizing, that, that, that petrifying fear that this is going to be one of those games the Ravens run away with. So the Browns got to, they got to deal with that. Now it's time to like, now it's time to do this thing that I hate. And now everybody's <laughs> doubting the Browns. So now, now it's time for them to prove the doubters wrong. That's yeah. what, listen, I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. Because Why? you're supposed to be, Why? Because, because you're supposed to be good. <laughs> you're supposed to be good. You're supposed to win the games you're supposed to win. You're not supposed to need doubters to get you like, oh, feeling good about yourself. We're going to prove the doubters wrong. I hate that. There shouldn't be, you shouldn't have to prove the doubters wrong. You should just win when you're supposed to win. But having so said true. that, having said that, here you go. Now everybody's a doubter. You're six and five. You barely got past the Lions. Now people are doubters. So prove them wrong. If that's going to be what you need as a chip on your shoulders to prove the doubters wrong, go prove them wrong. Here's your chance. Here's your yeah, chance. No, I agree. I agree. I'm, I, I'm not off the ship for the Browns here. I'm not off the ship. I love, I love Baker Mayfield. I, I, I cannot stress that enough. I I'm a little annoyed with some of the, the BS around Baker and, and some of the, uh, not the way he acted, but just some of the stuff with Baker. Uh, but I uh-huh. still love Baker Mayfield. He's got to play better. Uh, uh, this defense has to be consistent. You can't have, I, I mean, I think they've been pretty good lately. Although you can't have a game like you had against the Patriots. Uh, no, it's time to put it all together. That's, that's, that's the bottom line. And that's, that's my ultimate thing for this week. Before we get off the Browns, we have had games where the offense has been really good and the defense has been shit. We've had games yeah. where the defense has been really good and the offense has been shit. Right. We've had great special teams games and not good special teams games. Mm-hmm. Hey, how about we put one together, Browns? Yeah. What, what, what week is this? It's week. What week? week this is week twelve. 
Week 12? Yeah. Week 12? Every, week it's, every week it's always been something different. Hey, week That's 12. for sure. Week 12. How about we put one together, Browns? How about one week? Nice. How about the first week of this season you put a complete game together? Because you haven't done That'd it nice. yet. You haven't done it yet. You haven't done it yet. And that's I maybe I do sound frustrated, but I am frustrated by that. Week 12 of this season, and you haven't had one week yet where the offense, defense, and special teams have put it together at the same time. So what about this week? And somehow, somehow you're six and five. Somehow you are six and five when you haven't put one total game together. Right. Well, I mean, that Cincinnati game, that was about it. Well, that's true. I guess I should one. You've done it one time. You've done it once. That's yeah. true. Thank you, Chad. I forgot about that Cincinnati game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so outside of that Cincinnati game. So this would be the second time. Yeah. Maybe we show a little consistency, Browns. That'd be Maybe cool. We come out and play well offensively and play well defensively and just go to a win. That'd be real nice. What we got to do. That's how you <laughs> you have to do that to beat the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I agree. So Browns, Ravens, this upcoming Sunday, this is this is the barometer I think for the season. I think I think I think I think you've got the faction of people that are feeling still pretty positive about the season, and you've got the faction of people that are feeling very negative about the season. And I think this week's game is going to tip those scales. Do you come out? It may not even be a win or a loss, but do you come out and play well against the Ravens, or do you come out and lay a dud? Because I feel like, and I'll, I'll be honest, I'll be reactionary. If you come out and lay a dud, I'll be reactionary to that and be like, oh, well, this was fun, but we're going to, we got a yeah. lot of shit to figure out. Yeah. And don't forget, our recap is going to be at like 1130 at night because <laughs> yeah. it's Sunday night football. <laughs> well, I will be having a few drinks. And by <laughs> yeah. a few, I mean a hundred. A hundred. Uh, Chad, I want to do something real quick. Uh, uh, we're going to get out of here soon. We've got a couple things left to do, including our three cheers of the week. But I do want to do two things real quick. We have uh, neglected a little bit the Cavs and the Blue Jackets. Okay. So I just want to do a one minute. You're the Blue Jackets guy. I'm the Cavs guy. I want okay. to do a little one minute, just a little quick. How am I feeling about the team? So I'm going to kick us off. I'm going to just do it with the Cavs. And, I, yeah. and then I'm going to let you do it with the Blue Jackets. And sure. we'll get to our three cheers of the week and get out. Okay. Yeah. So I, I went to the Cavs. So as we record uh, tonight is uh, Wednesday night. And as we record uh, the Suns beat the Cavs tonight, 120 to 115. So the Cavs have fallen to nine and 10 on the year and they have lost uh, a few in a row now, maybe five in a row. Uh, let's see. Celtics. Yeah. So they lost one, two, three, four, five, but they have lost games to the Celtics, the Nets, the Warriors, the Nets, and the Suns in this awful stretch of games, right? Mm -hmm. And they've done it for the most part without Colin Sexton is out for the year. Evan Mobley has been out now for a while. You had Jared Allen out. You had Lowry marketing out. You had Chetty Osman out and you still managed to kind of tread water. And if you look at the scores of these games, you lost to the Celtics by six. You lost to the Nets by 10, but that was close. Uh, the Warriors, you were crushing the Warriors all through that game. And then they pulled away in the fourth quarter because Steph got hot. The game the other yeah. night, I went to the game against the Nets the other night. And the Cavs were winning that game 
and should have won that game until the Nets kind of got hot. And then this game against the Suns. This game I was I was very encouraged by because the Suns were pulling away and the Cavs wound up coming back and almost winning the game. Uh, I know they've lost five games in a row. I This Cavs team, I, get Evan Mobley back. And you are all of a sudden seeing depth on this team. You're seeing, you're seeing Darius Garland is turning into a really, 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 really good point guard. Really good. Yeah. Like really good. Uh, yeah. Uh, you, you're not going to have Colin Sexton all year, which sucks because he was playing. Real. I have figured out that I am much prefer 17 points a game Colin Sexton than I do 30 points a game Colin Sexton. Uh, and he was playing great this year. And so he's out for the year. Uh, but Jared Allen, awesome. Lowry Markkinen, really good. Uh, Evan Mobley is the difference maker between a team that loses a lot of close games and that wins those games. Evan Mobley is that difference maker. So I can't wait to get him back. And all of a sudden you've got this depth. Kevin Love is perfect for the role that he's in. Make no mistake about it. Kevin Love is perfect for the role that he's in. Ricky Rubio is perfect for what they are asking him to do. And especially with Colin Sexton out, thank God we have Ricky Rubio. And then there's a guy that I feel like if he continues his ways is going to be up for like most improved player of the year in the NBA. Chetty Osman. I don't know what happened to him, but all of a sudden he is a lights out shooter. He, and, but he's also a creator. Like this is a dude that's like hitting step back threes and like getting to the hoop. And Chetty Osman looks better than he has ever looked by about 10 times. So am I happy they've won or they've lost five games in a row? Not exactly. I would have preferred them to get one of those wins at the same time. Am I overly discouraged? No. Is that because I don't have super high expectations for what the season brings? Of course. But at the same time, do I still think this team is going to be right there for a playoff spot at the end of the year? Yeah, absolutely. This Cavs team is fun to watch. They're special. They fought their way through a ridiculous injury portion of the season, and they didn't do it badly. And now they're coming onto a part of their schedule where there's a bunch of wins to be had there if they can play well. Uh, So, Consider me, this is probably the happiest I've ever been after a five-game losing streak of any sport that I've ever watched. I am still super high on this Cavs team. I love what they're doing. So that, that's my little Cavs uh, rundown. Chad, throw it over to you. Little Blue Jackets rundown. Well, dude, well, talk about teams that are are, are a lot of fun to watch. You know, I mean, you talked about the Cavs. This Blue Jackets team... Mike, they were Mike. They were supposed to suck this year. Let's 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 be honest. They 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 would they, they they a lot of people had counted them out. A lot of people after the trades they made last year were talking rebuild, reload, whatever. <laughs> uh, they they were talking about this team not being that good. And I'll tell you what, that is it has been the exact opposite. This Blue Jackets team has bought in to uh, fully to what Brad Larson is preaching. And they are playing exactly the way that they need to be to, to be successful. I mean, I mean, Mike, you you're through 17 games and you have 12 players on the roster with seven points or more, and that is exactly what this team needs to do to be successful. I mean, you have, you have Oliver Bjorkstrand leading the way with six goals and 12 assists. 
So he has, he has 18 points on the year so far. And he's, I mean, he's wildly regarded as one of the most underrated players in the NHL. And you, I mean, and you see why the guy has just an absolute fucking missile for a shot. And, and, and then, you know, we've talked about it before. Like you underneath him, you got uh, Jacob, Jake Voracek, who has 14 assists on the year. And, and, you know, this team was missing was missing an elite playmaker. And that's exactly what Jacob, Jake Voracek does. He sets his guys up perfectly as, as apparent by the uh, 14 assists on the year. Boone Jenner, I, I mean, I think he's going to be on a record pace for freaking goals in an NHL season. He's already got nine through 17 games. So they're getting contributions from everywhere, not just the veterans, even the young guys too. I mean, you have Cole Sillinger with four goals and four assists on the season. You know, Jake Beam, someone who they traded for, he's only 22 years old, three goals and four assists, scoring defensemen. I mean, you you know, your, your cousin was so upset that Jake Bean got traded to us. And uh, yeah, uh, that's uh, he's showing why, you know, and then, you know, you could, you could, you could just tell these guys are having fun. They're playing with an energy, you know, Max Domi got into a couple of scraps tonight. So, I mean, you got the physical presence there as well. And then, I mean, of course, I mean, how can you, how can you not talk about the jackets without talking about Elvis Merzlikens? I mean, he had a, got a shutout tonight. So which, which put, takes him up to, you know, seven and three on a year. And he's going to be under, I mean, at least after tonight, he should be under two and a half goals uh, against average with, you know, a well over a 900 save percentage. So th- this team is, is they're playing together. Uh, they're, they're playing for each other. They're buying into Brad Larson's system. And it is just, it is so much fun to watch the power play. Even the power play ha- has been, I mean, there, I mean, obviously, you know, there's, there's been a couple of games that, you know, it's, it hasn't been very good, but you're not going to be very good on the power play. Through an 82-game stretch of the season, you're going to have games where you're going to struggle on the power play. But for the most part, uh, the power play has been terrific for the Jackets this season. And that's an area they struggled in in years past, even even through their playoff years. So, yeah, I, I got to tell you, this this Jackets team, like you said, would like just much like the Cavs, folks, is, it's just it's a lot of fun to watch. And if and if you're someone who is on the fence about watching hockey or might be might, maybe, I don't know, maybe curious about what hockey is like, go watch these Jackets team. They are young. They are hungry. They play fast. And they're so fun to watch, guys. So that is my little uh, uh, one-minute rant on the Jackets. Oh, and, uh, you know, our, obviously our, our condolences and our thoughts and prayers go out to the family of Patrick Laine, who's, uh whose dad passed away recently. So, Definitely want to send uh, our, our condolences to 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 the Line A family. So, but you know, well, after and, that, and, you know, and and I would ahead. say, Chad, and and I'll we'll, we'll, I'll tag on to that. Obviously, uh, uh, a huge loss for Patrick Line and his family, and and uh, our condolences go to him. Uh, but that's a guy that's been out for a little bit, and he's yeah. going to be out for a little bit. But he's going to come back, and this team is winning despite their quote unquote best goal scorer uh right. not being out there. Their best the guy that's supposed to be their best player and who has every ability to be their best player isn't out there. You look right. at guys like Zach Wierenski, what a start to the season that that guy is having. You yeah, look at 100%. you talked about bringing in the young Jake Bean. You look at 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 Boakvist, uh a guy that you can tell like he just he needs a little help as far as just making decisions out on the ice, but he's getting it because he's playing with good players. 
You look at, you brought up young guys, you brought up Sillinger. You got to talk about Chinikov. You got to talk about some of these guys, Texier, that are making these plays that all of a sudden, like this team, man, I don't know, this, this Blue Jackets team, I don't want to go way overboard because there's a lot of teams that have insane veteran, crazy depth. But there yeah. is no team. There isn't one team out there right now that sees the Blue Jackets on their schedule, and they're like, "Oh, we're really excited about this." Yeah, no, it's it's definitely not an easy win, like people were thinking. And, and just to reiterate about that power play, I mean, the Jackets, who were typically in the bottom half of the league last year, they're 14th on the power play. That you know, it, in the grand scheme of things, that's that's middle of the road as far as the NHL goes. But as far as where the Jackets have been yeah, over the last over the last few years, that's a huge improvement. Huge, huge improvement. Well, and that was the question. That was the question when they brought Lars in to be the head coach because Lars coached the play, uh, the, the, the power play uh, as an assistant, and it wasn't great. Right. But it shows you, and we had conversations with people at the Blue Jackets, right, Chad? We had conversations right. like, yes, he technically coaches the power play, but it fits into a bigger system. Well, now he runs the bigger system, and – that power play is succeeding much better under his bigger system than it ever did with him as like the, the assistant coach. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and I think that's awesome. Yep. So anyways, that's the blue jackets rundown. We have the Cavs rundown. We talked about a lot of stuff. Uh, so before we get out of here, we're going to do our last thing that we like to do just a little positivity before we leave here. So we're going to do our three cheers of the week. Obviously our buddy Joey's not here tonight. So it's just our two cheers of the week. So, Chad, I'm going to let you lead us off. What is your cheer of the week this week? Well, I've got two, Mike. Uh, I've got two. So I'm, uh, my you first, have two. Yeah, my first one goes out to the police officer in a Tennessee elementary school who uh, got was able to uh, guide a, uh, a white-tailed buck out of an elementary school classroom who uh, – <laughs> The white tail, the white tail buck, somehow found his way uh, into an elementary school uh, via an emergency exit and just caused a ruckus. I mean, you know those white, you know how those white tailed bucks cause a ruckus in elementary school classrooms, usually, especially in Tennessee. So my cheer uh, goes to him and uh, and being able to defuse that situation because white tail bucks in elementary school classroom is uh, definitely. Definitely not a situation you want to be in, especially if you're uh, that young. And anyway, uh, second, uh, it, it goes out to you guys, the listeners. I mean, everybody who supports this podcast. I mean, this is the first time I've ever actually. I mean, I know Mike has thanked him plenty of times, but this is the first time I've, I've ever actually uh, thanked everybody who supports this podcast. And you know, this Thanksgiving, I am very thankful and I'm very grateful for everybody who does support this podcast and continues to listen to this podcast. So my cheers goes out to you guys, the listeners. I love that, Chad. All right. I am going to send my thanks or my cheers, I should say, uh, out to an incredible story. And it's, it's something I saw on TikTok. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Uh, there's a kid named Caden Cox. And Caden has Down syndrome. And I didn't know anything about Caden Cox until I logged on to TikTok. And I saw that Caden Cox was at the Ohio State game this last weekend. Okay. And Caden has a pretty decent following on TikTok. 
And I kind of looked through his videos and he like does a lot of TikTok dances and he's got some pretty sweet moves. I'll be honest with you. And so they brought Caden in after the Buckeyes destroyed the Michigan state Spartans and Caden did some of his dances in front of the Buckeyes and it fired him up and they were all dancing and cheering and laughing and like having a good time with Caden. So I was like, man, that's really cool. Caden got to go in there in front of the Buckeyes. They were dancing with him. Ryan day had his arm around him. Like what a, what a cool moment. You see, you see CJ, you see all these guys out there just really loving it. So I'm like, man, that's really, really cool. That Caden was able to do that. And then I, and then I looked up Caden Cox a little bit. Caden Cox is the first person in history with Down syndrome. The first in history with Down syndrome. Wait, what? The first, no, stop it. He's the first person uh, with Down syndrome in history on uh, early in September. He plays football for Hawking College, which is like a JUCO team. And Caden Cox is the first person in history with Down syndrome to score a point in any NCAA or NC or oh. NJCAA college football game. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I got I'm I got so- a little throw I got a little thrown off there by you by you like kind of kind of hesitating there saying like Caden Cox is the first person ever with Down syndrome. I'm like he's the first ever. <laughs> like he was the first person diagnosed. Caden is six thousand years old. No, 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 no. Caden is the first person ever with Down syndrome to score a point in an NCAA or a junior college football game. He is a kicker for Hawking College, and uh, he went out and kicked an extra point and made it. And so not only did Caden Cox blow up the Internet by pulling off some sweet dance moves for the Buckeyes in their locker room after the Michigan State game – but Caden Cox is also the first person with Down syndrome to ever score a point in a college football game. And so my cheer of the week goes out to Caden Cox because I just thought That's that was really such awesome. a cool story. That's really awesome. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So listen, that's going to do it for us tonight. Episode 92 in the books. I know another long one. We, we, we try not to make these the longest episodes of all time. But there's <laughs> so much shit to talk about. And then we bring on our first thank you of the night. We bring on an incredible special guest. Again, go follow him online at one Tyvis, the number one. And then the word Tyvis, Tyvis Powell, man, a Buckeyes, a guy that will go down as a Buckeyes legend. And especially as we get ready for the game against that team up north this week, Tyvis Powell, who had a game ceiling interception against that team up north in 2013 on a two point conversion try. Tyvis joined us to talk Buckeyes and all that. A huge thank you to Tyvis. If you want to hear more of him, 97 won the fan in Columbus on the Odyssey app. Go check that out or just go to their website. But go check out Tyvis. Follow him online, please. He is awesome. He's a Buckeyes legend, and he's a huge, huge friend of the show. We love having Tyvis on. That's the second time he's been on. So thank you to Tyvis. Next thank you goes out to our uh, our network, the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. 
uh, and the Unhinged Radio Network. Thank you to them for just giving us support, bringing us on, making us part of the family, and uh, just allowing us to be part of the fun. Thank you to Belly Up Sports. And then, Chad, I think, uh, as you said, as well as I could have, uh, this Thanksgiving, the thing, one of the things I am most thankful for are all of you. Any of you that tune in, any of you that listen, any of you that interact with us online, uh, any of those of you that have been on the show with us, whether you've been a special guest like an athlete or a broadcaster or uh, anybody, a musician, whoever's been on the show, or whether you're just somebody that for some reason enjoys listening to us talk about <laughs> what we talk about. <laughs> I am insanely thankful, thankful to you. Uh, this podcast continues to grow, uh, and I, I cannot believe it, as Chad and I have talked about this for years. And then we were lucky enough to get Joey to join with us. And, uh, man, it's the thing we look forward to every week, and it's, it's, the, it's for you guys that make it feel so special. So thank you to you, the listener, the supporter. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys. And, uh uh, we just can't wait to get out the next episode. Uh, so that's going to do it for us. For Joey, again, Joey couldn't be on with us, but go follow him anyways at Garage Beers Joe. We missed him tonight. For Chad over there on the east side of Cleveland at Garage Beers Chad, I am Michael Keith at Garage Beers Mike. Go follow the show at The Garage Beers. We are thankful for you. We hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving or had. I know you're going to listen to this afterward. Hopefully you had a great holiday. You enjoy a great long weekend. And you are getting ready for the holidays. We will talk to you Sunday night for the Browns game post game. But over this weekend, go Buckeyes, go Browns. And until episode number 93, we'll see you all later. Cheers, everybody. Cheers.